If he ever caught Vale at Old Orchard. If he prefers sidekicks in MySpace to iPhones and Facebook. If the words Coma Eternal mean anything to you. If you experience no shock listening to Fall Out Boy after Misery Signals. If you consider yourself dead in the wake of an early adulthood devoted entirely to the Shorewood Legion Hall, this show is for you. You're on the guest list. The doors are open. This is Death of a Scene Kid. Let's open this pit up. Everybody, it's Sleep Clay Sleep. We are on a quest to figure out what the scene meant. Every little bit helps. We want to hear from everybody. So we're taking roll. We're taking attendance. Give us a shout. We sat down with Mechanical Steve Pitzel. A while back, we had a really great conversation with him about his career, how he relates to all the music he's been a part of. Everything from Saved by Stereo, Mechanical Kids, to The Royal, to Antics, and beyond. So we're just going to let that conversation roll in its entirety. We put in a couple tracks for you along the way. Again, thanks to Kyle O'Donnell. Thanks to Steve Pitzel for being part of this. It took me so long to record this. And if you have a scene story to tell, get at us, deathofascenekid at gmail.com. Here's the conversation. I guess, okay, I guess we can restart. So I'm Steve. Um, sure. I, uh, Stephen Pitzel. I've been obviously born and raised in Milwaukee. Um, I moved to L.A. last year, but I've been back since quarantine because, obviously, uh, California's, like, pretty messed up right now as yes. far as lockdowns go. <clears throat> yes. So even, like, all the sessions that I was having in there, or, like, from there, are all remote, so. Sure. Um, yeah, so I started, uh, I got asked to come trap for this first band I was in. So I was actually in a metal band first okay. for like a day or two. Maybe a week. Okay. <laughs> we were metal for a day. Yeah, I, I was that. metal for a day. I love so, that. So, but at the time, I was telling Kyle, I was like taking uh, jazz lessons. So like Peter, I'm like, he was the guy who actually asked me to come try out for it and he was in dead weight. And okay. Jason the dead weight. Yeah. Okay. Peter, Peter said, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Pete, like, asked me to come try out, and I was like, for sure. Actually, no, also my friend Ryan did, too. Um, I think Ryan's actually how I got into that, like, into that tryout slash band, because um, I met Ryan at the YMCA. Ryan, <laughs> for anybody, yeah. So, That's different. <laughs> yeah, this is a crazy story. So I met Ryan Sturmer at the YMCA. We were both, like, 12 or 13. Wow. And then um, he was, we were jamming with my friend, you know, and then he asked me to come try for you this band. You were jamming at 12? Yeah, like 13 is when I really started playing wow. guitar. Okay. Like, I, but yeah, I, yeah, I say I jamming and it was just like t- absolutely terrible. Yeah. Like, can I swear? Like, not too much. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, okay, ahead. cool. As long as I can swear. Yeah, so Ryan asked me to, you know, come try for this metal band and like, my like, knowledge of metal at this point was like, it wasn't like, you know, what was really popping at the time, I was like, oh, yeah, like, System of a Down is, there like, you kind go. of, okay. yeah. you know, like, right. like, I was like, they're right. pretty dope. So, I was and like, hey, Pantera, well. I have to ask for Kyle. Yes. <laughs> Pantera, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, all of, like, OG metal, you know, like. Okay, yeah. Like, what was metal to me at 12 and 13? Like, I don't know. Um, so, I had no idea what I was getting into. So, I go try out for this band. And uh, we're playing, and there's, like, I could tell, like, I'm not, like, doing the thing. I might get, like, I had some riffs, but I wasn't, like, a shredder. Right. Okay? I had, like, I was playing, like, Green Day songs and shit. Like, you're, when I was Yeah, you're first, not doing leads. I was like, I want to learn American Idiot on the solo, I mean, solo, you're 13, yeah. so yep. doing riffs is pretty good. Right. Yeah. So, um, I actually got, so, like, it was, like, the tryout, and, like, this kid comes walking across from grade school uh, to come play drums, and it was an actually, his name is Tim, who I still work with almost every single day to this day. 
Okay. So I try out for this band. This is how I meet Tim. I see this kid walk across from eighth grade to metal practice. And uh, we're just in the, my friend Peter's garage, and um, we're jamming. And then I could just, like, you know, I thought it was going well, but then, <clears throat> like, two days later, I got a phone call. And it was Tim, who was actually in Stay by Stereo. It's a kill. But your thrills are overrated. I can't see. Which is the next band. Okay. So Tim calls me, he's like, hey, man, you're out of the band. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but I didn't cry. I was like, like not, hey. before the days of text messaging, that was the brutal way yeah, of like hearing sure. like you're out of the band. Yeah. So Tim, yeah. And like by this time, like Tim was already like insanely good at drums. Like Tim, again, like one of my best friends of all time. But uh, Tim was like super good. And everybody was like super metal and dope. And like I was just this kid wearing like American Eagle showing up to metal band practice. And then so Tim kicks me out. And then I'm like pretty devastated. I feel like I got broken up with like yeah. With yeah. the girl, and I was like, "This sucks, bro. Yeah. It's over." <laughs> and then um, was that like your? I mean, at this point, was it like was music already your life, or was um, it just kind of like, "Oh, I was thirteen, I was in yeah. a band, like doing stuff." Uh, it was like, I could, as soon as I picked up like a guitar, like from that moment on, I just like I was just so inspired to just to play. Like I didn't, I guess like this, the reason I guess how I started music was I um, I went to this like Christian camp this one summer or a couple summers with some friends and like okay. our our yeah our counselor was like he like hated us because like, we were like the bad kids like we were all like swearing <laughs> and, fucking, or, and not really participating yeah, exactly. we, we would totally participate but then like we also like would like sneak snacks and like stay up all night and like swear at the playground and shit okay. and like and okay. he was like you're going to hell and I was like <laughs> And we're like, whatever, dude. You know, yeah, like, yeah. no, no, clearly not. Like, we're fine. <laughs> um, anyways, so his name, I think his name was Tom. Um, not Crillo. Uh, <laughs> it was Tom that in disguise. Would be a, that would be a twist. That okay. would be hilarious. Tom was a Christian counselor. Tom counselor. Tom Somehow at the yeah, age of Tom in disguise. <laughs> so, yeah, how I started was I went to this Christian camp and I, he would play us guitar. Our counselor was like, really mad at us but at night he would play us guitar to sleep and I thought it was the dopest stuff because he would like plays beautiful songs and sure. I would just like what pass was he out. playing just like Christian songs he was just like riffing songs? like he nice. no, I mean this is I was 12 so if he was playing something I didn't know it um sure. he would just play great chords and like just beautiful okay. acoustic every night and um I remember falling like asleep and like dude, I don't want to be like this guy. I'm, like I want to play guitar. Yeah. So then I ran like I got home and like my dad had this shitty acoustic. Like I couldn't like it was from like the 50s or 60s mm-hmm. and like the bridge was too high so like I was so discouraged trying to play it because it was like pushing down like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, you, had play, like, you had to play like you had to like grip it like, like super hard with it was, the like, high action. Anti gravity like yep. just trying to you know like push a string down. It was like going against all. Uh, yeah, yeah. The force you don't of have the calluses that are no. built up. And... <laughs> like I'm twelve, yeah. I, I yeah. suck. So, <laughs> but I remember being so stoked, and then uh, fortunately my parents were super supportive, and then I started taking lessons, and uh, from there that's when I was linking up with Ryan, which leads to this band, this metal band that I got kicked out of, and Tim Wolf, again who works at the studio here. Oh yeah. Yep. I guess we should let everyone know. Yeah, we're at the studio. Yeah. Um, where I work. Um, but. It's, uh, yeah, so now it's, what, I don't know, like, 2006, seven, and, uh, then Tim, um, calls me, I think, I forgot how it goes, like, so, I'm trying to, like, give you guys this in, like, a short version, but this is still a long story sure. of how, and everybody's intertwined, so, 
Now, um, post-metal band, me and Ryan, eventually Ryan quits that metal band and comes to my band, and uh, now we're, this is the beginning of what was uh, Saved by Stereo, so this is a pop-punk band, and then um, we had like four of the members, it was like me, my buddy Ryan, Colin Schwanke, who's now a producer Uh and engineer, does some big stuff in LA, actually, Um, and uh, he's actually my roommate, too. Um, Yeah, weird, but that was last year. Um, and uh, my buddy Sam, and then eventually, like, we had a crazy member switch. It was like, uh, like the NFL, like, what was it? What do they call it? What just happened in football? I'm such an asshole. Um, <laughs> it was like the trade deadline. Okay, okay. so like Sam wanted like the to draft. go. Yeah. yeah. So our singer wanted to go play metal. And then, like, some of their members wanted to come play in our band. And <laughs> yeah, okay. so we're like, all right. Some contracts yeah. got changed. All right, we'll, like, we'll give you Sam, but we want yeah. this guy. Yeah, right. That's, like, literally kind of how it went down. So it was like, fantasy football for bands. Like, right. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, fantasy band football. Uh, I feel like that's what Milwaukee did macroscopically, oh, like, just kind of, like, yeah, swapping I feel like people around. Every time I looked at Sleep, I was like, okay, they have a new guitarist. Like, yeah, this guy's coming right. out. Like, <laughs> I think we had like 13 <clears throat> guitarists or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I remember, like, yeah, there was like Rod and then like. It was Julian. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of different. The Kyles. Members. Yep. The Kyle. Yeah. But like any band in, Mo- like, in Milwaukee area, like, did that all the time. Like, yeah. people were constantly switching. So we have this crazy band draft slash trade deadline. No, just kidding. But like, we actually traded, <laughs> like, low key traded members. So sure. our singer went to that band and then I became the singer because I was like. <clears throat> kind of like filling the space um and i had no intentions of like singing i was just like right. okay well I'll sing. It. yeah i was like okay well we don't have a singer so i'll sing and then um then we got like a synth player too some dude i met in oak creek same as ryan when so, i went back and listened that was one of the things that stood out to me that like, kind of like motion city vibe of, oh yeah that 2009 oh, yeah. Yeah, album but, totally yeah coming this memory yeah man like motion city is like probably my favorite one of my top five, three favorite bands of all time, especially nice. that CD too. So super, like that band was super inspired by like Motion City and also like All Time Low. Mm-hmm. All Time um, Low. I was getting like Cartel, is that in yep. there anyway? Cartel too, for sure. Okay. Like that's like all stuff we were listening to at the time. Just yeah. like, I also like Mayday Parade just came out to listen to Romantics, like yeah. that kind of pop I mean, it punk. was like the main, like what we were inspired like more by. more pop like, than punk. Yes. Pop yeah. punk. Definitely. So like it was, yeah, we were all like, I think the, I think I was one of the oldest, if not the like maybe Ryan Kick. He was the synth player that we picked up from Oak Creek. And, like I think I met him on like Facebook or no, it must have been MySpace because it was like a, probably a bulletin post. And then <laughs> yes. of course it was, man. And you, you took his, you took it, you took yeah. the quiz on his page to find out what <laughs> yeah. anime character you were. It's like, do you like Motion City Soundtrack? Yeah, but, like, put you in my top eight. If you yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we had that big member switch, and that was like the final lineup. So then we got a synth player, Ryan Kick, and then we okay. we got Tim Wolf from the metal band. So Tim kicks me out of the metal band, <laughs> then joins my band. And I'm like, I love like, that you guys are like still friends. Yeah, I know. Like, the, the closest we've ever been, awesome. obviously. So I remember like the first day of practice, I was like looking at him like, motherfucker. Like, you know, like. <laughs> Clearly not bitter at all. I was, all. Like, but you're, I was like, but you're so talented that you're going to beat the band. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so then we had that final lineup in uh, Saved by Stereo. Which was me, Tim Wolf, Colin Schwanke, okay, and all three of us still work in music full time. Okay, and then uh, Ryan Kick and Ryan Sturmer. And mm-hmm. Ryan Sturmer, um, not a lot of people. I think his uncle is Daryl Sturmer, who played in. 
he plays here all the time. He's a big guitar player. I think it was like Genesis or Yes or like okay. some wow. in some way or shape or form. He's a famous dude, guitar sure. player and uh, a shredder. Okay. Anyways, but so everybody had all this musical blood be- before me, and I was just like the guy coming. You're in. You're like I was just the 13 year old kid that right. found metal, and now <laughs> yeah. I'm here. Yep. So. We make that band, and then um, we did some like basement demos. That sounded terrible. And uh, this, is like, my... this is like two thousand eight. Yeah, it had to be yeah. eight. when this is like coming seven, together. Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're how old then? So when we first started that band, I was like fifteen. Okay. So like we started like writing our own songs. They're terrible, and recording them on our own. Sure. In a basement on like a Mac, like in the Mac microphone. You know, like yeah. that's kind of how yeah. we were doing it. Um, and then uh, we get, we got serious one day, and I forgot how like we got plugged up to Joel Wanasek, but oh man, yeah. yeah. So then we heard about this dude, and like we heard other recordings from bands. Like obviously we heard your stuff, you know, the Dead Man Walking. What was it the EP? That would have been two thousand seven that came out. Like, yeah, in November. So, but you did that with Joey Sturgis, didn't you? You guys did that yes. with Sturgis, yeah. but we it heard the quality. Five hundred dollars. That's insane. Are you serious? Are you kidding yeah. me? How did you swing that? Well, that's just like, we hit it right. At, I remember when we went back, we were going to record the second yeah. album there, and he's like, yeah, my rates have changed a little oh, bit. We were man. like, I like, bet they have. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they have. That's oh. probably like, like you but, guys, were you pre-Prada or like post-Prada? Well, we were definitely, we like booked Prada, and we were like worshiping Prada and wanted to be so, Prada okay. when, that, yeah. when we went in to record so that. So probably post-Prada. So that, their first, that first album they had, I forget what it's called. Somebody knows it. I don't know. I, I found him during Plagues, so that's like... When oh, all, I know, all I know roots, is dogs can grow that, beards all that, over. That, that song, one song. Okay. Yes. And like the video is like yeah. an insane mosh pit yep. that like engulfs everything. Right. Jeez. Yeah. But yeah, that, anyway, that's my story. But yeah. yes, so intersecting yours. Yes. Like, so on the subject of quality, when we heard that, we were like, oh man, that's legit. <laughs> like, like, oh, this could actually be, like, we could do this better. We got to find yeah. someone better. Yeah. That was like, like the moment we all were kind of yeah. like, we can get better recordings more easily than we right. thought we could. Exactly. Yeah. And that was a huge thing too, like on MySpace, which is having legitimate sounding songs, you know. I mean, yeah. the quality w- was what it was back in the day. Right. But um, the big thing, like, that would separate you. <clears throat> on MySpace, especially in the scene, is having good recordings. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we found Joel. I forgot how we found him initially. But then uh, we booked him, and we we did, like, a four-song EP with him. And then, yeah, and then that was, like, our first EP. And then later we did an album with Joel. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of funny stories because we he actually just made a post about it recently. But, um... All like we would record with Joel, and we were like the only pop punk band going to Joel. Like everybody mm-hmm. else that was going to Joel, want a second the scene was just metal, oh, and yeah. they would, yeah. they hated us, they absolutely yeah. hated <clears throat> us. And like we loved it, we didn't care, <laughs> and so did Joel. You, you yeah. thrived yeah. on the animosity, or yes, just, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and it sucked because like whenever we'd play shows, so like for like I'm sure like everybody kind of knows this, but like back in those days, and obviously the scene we know this. Every band in Milwaukee was like it was like ninety percent metal. Oh yeah, yes. and like there was like this sliver of dudes. Something like, else. Yeah. Yes. Like there'd be like a random ska band that yeah. somehow got yeah. on the bill. Literally, exactly. Just like like yeah. I remember playing with a ska band yeah. at, at the rave, and I was You're like, like, these guys have trumpets. I was like, what I was like there's still ska. I was like, there's still ska around. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we were that. We were the the tiny percent. Like we were the minority of like the band. You know, 
you know, mm-hmm. bands in Milwaukee. So everybody like would hate on us so hard when we went to Joel. Like you know, when we when we go back to Joel to record, we would just hear all these <laughs> stories. But then Joel would defend us because he loved us. Yeah. Know, because he was like, well, they can actually play their parts. Yeah. They sing their songs. They play their songs they can well. Actually, like, yep. They sing notes. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't have yeah. to punch them in a bunch of times <laughs> to do a, right. to do a part. Yeah. And we weren't like trying to, even though we did have breakdowns. And literally, the reason why we had breakdowns is pretty much to cater to the scene. Sure. Um, because eventually we stopped playing them. We were just like, yeah. fuck that. Um, kind of the even easy though, core. Yeah. A day to remember, kind of. Yeah, like right. four years strong. Five, yeah. Yeah. So we were kind of into that too, and they had synths and like you know, like, yeah. and like synth, pop, punk, you know. Yeah is what we were and then um, so like yeah we'd always go to Joel and then he'd tell us all the stories about how all these bands hated us and we thought it was hilarious and but then Joel would always retort with like yeah well they got hotter girlfriends than you or like yeah, well, they play <laughs> yeah. Joel, Joel was notorious for shit talking like when other bands would like talk crap on other bands he would always talk shit about the band he was recording like because he's like yeah he's like he's like you know band A is you know way better they can play their stuff he's like mm-hmm. and did you guys ever like do the Mario challenge he had Oh yes, like Ultimate Mario or whatever. Yeah. So oh. basically, what yeah, what you had to do is finish like Mario One Worlds One through Eight without dying, and he would like I think take off some time you recording, but like he had Nintendo like right outside the studio. There's always like video games. Like we went on yeah. Zach Orr, and he this had this like Sorry, modded. I forget what it was. It was like a Sega Genesis, yeah. but with like every NES game yep. and every like just like total like put all of yep. the old generation <clears throat> console games into one thing. Anyway. It's funny, you always find games at studios. It was weird. Um, on the subjects of video games at Joel's, so we were recording, Stay by Stay was recording our second like project, our album, with Joel, and we did it for very cheap as well at the yeah. time. Like, a joke price. Oh, yeah. You, like, <laughs> yeah. you'd laugh at what, you know, the amount of money that Joel makes and Joey yeah. now these days, especially with how successful they are. Um, but we were going, so, like, Joel had that video game set up outside of his room, like, where we would all record. And uh, I remember, like, walking in one day, and I see this dude playing video <clears throat> games with, like, long hair, blonde hair at the time. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, what's up, man? And he's like, oh, yeah. I my think name's... I know who this is. Yeah, my name's Sean. And I was like, oh, I'm Steve. Yep. And he's like, nice to meet you. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what band are you in? He's like, I was in Rescue, but now I'm in With Hours Waiting. And I was like, oh. like And, like, we at the time loved With Hours Waiting. Sure. We didn't play shows much mm-hmm. with them, but we loved them because we loved their music. And yeah. You know, and we always like we we did play enough shows together with with hours waiting and stuff like that. What was Sean's band before <laughs> Rescue called? I was trying to think of this today. I thought maybe you'd know. Dude, I don't know. Um, I mean, like I what? remember Sunset Misery, and that was oh, Casey Cohen's band, and it was at the no. same time Sean had a band. And yeah. We were in Burn These Pages, and we were like all terrible together. Uh, I forget the name. <laughs> it's been it's been I so wish long. I known. Yeah. Anyway. I will get him on here sometime. Yeah. Sean, yeah. That'd be great. And probably remotely. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but I, I know he's still in L.A. because we talk yeah. enough. Um, yeah. And we're, we're supposed to write when I go back. But, um, but yeah, so I meet Sean. I wish I knew the name of his first band. Sure. I knew Sean from Rescue. Yes. So That I, was when it, like, really got legit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, yep. And, like, we were, like, in the first time ever seeing... Well, I guess I saw Sean play before I met him once because we were playing this Battle of the Bands at the Rave. And we had a oh, was it man. was it Gorilla Productions? It yes, <laughs> yes. It, the worst thing to ever happen to the scene at that time was Gorilla Productions because yes. every band was clamoring for tickets. Yes, yeah. and they would make you hustle your tickets. So, you would, yeah. and they're like, no one ever came. And like the guy that all, you were supposed, to, he's like, yeah, you're gonna make it to the final round. If you sell gonna... more than twenty five, you'll make a profit. But yeah, you will and never like do that, that dude would always <laughs> skip out. And like all of a sudden, people are waiting to get money, yeah. and you're like, where's the dude? He's yeah. like, yeah, he's gone. 
yeah, like at the end of the night, that guy's gone like the yep. first hour. He's oh, like, man. he's there, gets his money, leaves. So, yeah, we actually were playing a separate Battle of the Bands. And it's weird because that night I saw... <laughs> okay, I, so I, we were playing this Battle of the Bands upstairs. And I go downstairs to a separate Battle of the Bands. Sure. And uh, it was like Rescue. <laughs> okay. And with hours waiting and like... Yeah, it was crazy. But that was before, you know, so, like, I saw all those guys who I had no idea that I was about to be in bands with, like, yeah. later on down yeah. the road. So, anyways, I meet Sean at Joel's, and then Sean actually hopped on one of our songs briefly on the Save by Stereo album. Okay. Like, um, yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Which yep. track? It's an Easter egg. You'll have to go back and jam okay, it. yeah. Ooh. He doesn't really sing any of the lyrics. He just kind of does a whoa thing. Okay. <laughs> just but, once. That's, all that's right, it. now I'm going to have yeah. to go find I was impressed, first of all, that you guys had an 11-track thing right out of the gate. <laughs> right, yeah. like, no, that, that, never yeah, that any was, band at that time, like, yeah. had, had songs more than, like... And it was, like, like full-developed yeah. songs, like, like... If you went past six or seven, like, yeah. if you went past, like, seven, you were just like, uh, I don't know what to do, like, yeah, we like, have some filler songs, but... It was like, this is a full-length, nine. We're plus an yeah, intro like, song, I remember, like, I remember when I was in a regiment, yeah, our regiment trail full-length was eight songs, it was 35 minutes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that's, that's not a full-length. For sure. That's basically sure. an eight-song EP. I mean, you call it, like, full, complete songs, but I listen to those songs, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's like, a, that's another thing I want to get into, because you've changed so much. I mean, obviously, you're doing this when you're 15, so you yeah. do some things differently now. Right. But, like, how much are you, like, I don't I don't want to make you, like, forsake all, all your old fans or something, <clears throat> oh, but no. just, like, no. do you feel like, I'm kind of embarrassed by this. Are you like, it was cute, it was good at the time, I, I could do better now. <clears throat> I'm, I'm proud that a bunch of, like, 15 and 16 year old kids like came together and made an album and recorded it properly mm. yeah and like put it out there like uh i'm still i mean like we at the time we just wrote what we know like it's sure. or, mm. what's that's all you ever do really um so we were listening to the starting line and yeah, yeah. that is like yeah we would we were like if you listen to that album it, i mean like it's like the lyrics are like kind of emo but it's mainly like it's mainly like house parties like yeah. so you're like some one of the songs is called like "Me, You, and a Bottle or Two. and um, they're just literally about partying and like with girls, and like yeah. <laughs> it's like li- the yeah. the motivation back then. I feel like for that stuff was just like hanging out with the boys, hanging out with chicks, kind of crunk core lyrics, but with pop punk <laughs> music, kind of. Yeah, yeah, like get, yeah, get laid. The yeah, goal, like the like, goal of everyone like, in like the scene, really. Three or whatever that one like weird crunk core band was. Yeah. I forget what they were called, yeah. but just party lyrics with pop punk music. Sure. Yeah, it was like basically like yeah. Yeah, it was, like, party songs, you know, like, and, like, a love song or something, you know. Yeah. Again, basically, like, all songs about girls and drinking and having fun with the boys. Um, so I'm stoked <clears> that, um, I'm stoked that we wrote it, but, like, I listened, like, when we did, because it's like, wow, mm-hmm. that was, like, your first thing. I mean, like, the first time you try anything, mm-hmm. like, making an album, it's probably not going to be as good as it could be right. sure. five years from now if you get practicing yeah. anything you do right. but like the first time you do it you're like well this is fun let's just do yeah. it you know and that's you singing on that yeah CD me and tim yeah okay, you and tim. yeah and i had a cold the entire time we did that i don't know it's i hate the way i sound on that album <laughs> for um, some reason the like nasally tone was really in like thursday yeah. oh and, like, yeah Amory. like it was like okay to sound a little off what like, yeah. yeah it was because you're just like eh, and then it kind of grew on you yeah like i'm sure when everyone ha- heard understand in the car crash you're just like yeah uh, <laughs> like, and then you're just like Jeff. All right, all right, all right, on all right okay. <laughs> like then you're just like I can get in after like the fifteenth list. Yeah. And you're like all right, I can get into this. Yeah, like newfound glory too. Oh like, yeah, man. Oh back yeah. In the day. Like I don't see how that you like can, it or you don't. You know? I, yeah. I don't see how you can still have that high of a voice. We sing. I saw him in Nashville like 
two years ago with uh, the Ataris. Okay, which crazy. That was an awkward show because, like, the Ataris were still trying to ride on the Boys of Summer cover, and that had been, like, ten years. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, I have so many full circle things that I just want to bring in, but I don't sure. want to, like, sure. keep it mm-hmm. so long. I could talk for, like, do eight you hours. Wanna, do you want to walk us through one of the cool things? Excuse me. One of the cool things you've done, Steve, is you've actually just laid out kind of like a resume. Just like, yeah. here's the stuff I've done with music. Yeah. So that allows us basically, like, give, like, especially once you get into, like, all the singles you've done. Like, mm-hmm. I have, I can go year by year right. with releases. So we can, like, okay. really, like, zoom in on anything that you wanted to. But as I see it, you go from this to Mechanical Kids. Mm-hmm. And that happens, what, between 2009 and 11? Yeah, right around, like, right? literally around then. It was, like, 2009 to 10. Mm-hmm. So okay. I meet Sean. Um, eventually, uh, so I, Sean asked me to join this new band he was starting, because this is when Sean was coming out of his old bands, and I said, absolutely, I'll do it. Sure. So then I was in two bands for a while. I was in SBS, Save Stereo, and then this new band called Mechanical Kids. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually I got kicked out of SBS, and I was just in Mechanical Kids, and I think I was 17 at the time. And uh, this is like 2009 to 10. Oh, okay. man. And uh, I joined this new band, and I'm like, they called me, the, they, everybody in the band, like Tom, everybody called me Squid, because I was the new kid, like from, um, <laughs> what's that show? Rocket Power? Yeah, Rocket okay. Power. Okay. Yeah. So everybody's like Squid, and like I was <laughs> yeah. just trying to like be cool and like sure. be like not the awkward nude guy. Yeah. Um, so then I joined Mechanical Kids, um, and that's what, you know, me, Sean, and Tom, who about, you know, you've had Tom on. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and then I was just trying to, like, you know, contribute to that band as, with whatever I could do. I mean, it was mainly Sean's project and, like, him writing a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff. But then eventually I, I was able to write more with Sean. <coughs> yeah. So, like, was Sean, like, the main, like, instrument writer, too, or was it just kind of lyrically? Uh, Sean was lyrics, melody, and he did write a lot on okay. guitar, too. But later on, he was... He was really close with it more towards the beginning, and then later on, I was able to have a little bit more freedom with writing and stuff like that. So, um, that band we got signed, like we were, we played maybe like like Tom said it too in his interview, but like or his podcast, but we played like like less than ten shows. Mm-hmm. Okay, like you know, yeah, it was and, just um, like piloting it out, and then yeah, boom. we threw out, we made an EP, and then like. Each member, like, every night would send, like, 300 MySpace messages. Sure. And yes. everybody yep. had a night of the week do that they would up. do their messages. And and we were just grinding hardcore. Like, yeah. yeah. And, not you know, we'd practice. Like, I never practiced that hard in any band I've ever been in. And really? we would just go hard, like, two to three nights a week for, like, six hours. And yeah. just drill the set down. It was like a second job. Literally. What is, what is like, I'm just, like, as I'm hearing this progression, like... I feel like now, now we're certainly at a music is my life right. point for you. Yeah, and it's just like yeah. what brought you there. Part of what we're trying to get into uh, with these interviews, like certainly want to bring out everyone's story, what they want to talk about, but also just trying to figure out like what was this to us? Because I think yeah. we're all still united by this. Even like those of us who aren't like doing stuff professionally in music, we all still look back at this time. Oh yeah, it's like remember when we like piled in a van? Yeah, and just like drove. From place to place and just played music. Yeah. Why did that, like, captivate all of us yeah. in this moment I mean, what, what drew you to it, like, wanting to be in a band and, like, you know, play shows with other bands and, like, just kind of, you know, get up on stage and do whatever you want in front of people? Um, I remember just, <clears throat> just falling in love with music 
like really falling in love with it for me was in wanting to do it and make those kinds of songs and just be in like that scene is because I was identifying with them. I felt like I remember just watching Fuse every week yep. and like Warped Wednesdays was the thing. Yes. And like I would sit at home all the time. Like it, it was like summer and I was just so like enamored with like what this was, mm-hmm. you know, and all these bands. I just remember that's how I found Motion City and sure. like even Foo Fighters, how I fell in love with Foo Fighters nice. and like AFI and all these crazy yep. bands, you yes. know, like back in the day. So, um, and you saw them, that, and they're, like, what, expressing something that yeah, just, you want to also express. Yeah, I basically, I wanted to do it, you know, like, or I wanted to yeah. play the songs, just because I connected with the songs and the music so much. Yeah. Right. And, again, it's something hard, like, I know you tr- were trying to describe it, it was just a feeling and, like, a calling. Right. Kind of like, I can't... A calling, even. Okay. Yeah, it's just like, I just need to do this right now. You feel now. like you're meant to, almost. Right. Yeah. So then, yeah, I mean... Um, that's when, you know, you, obviously those first bands, like I sucked and, um, then you try to not suck and get better just so that way, you know, people like you, I guess. But yeah. like <laughs> we were just, you know, at the time I was just trying to like be a great band, you know, or be one of the best bands in the scene, like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, uh, just be, again, like we look at you guys, you know, our big, like more popular bands who so could sell out these venues back home. And like, you'd be like, I want to do that, you know, like. Sure. You know, like, you go to the rave and you'd see, like, I saw Motion City soundtrack. It just mm-hmm. changed my life. I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, I want to play that stage. I want to be like, up there right guy. now. Yeah. yeah. So, like, first, like, yeah, it's just falling in love with the music and, like, you know. The live the live component, too, it sounds yeah. like, where there's, like, there's some kind of unspoken connection, audience and performer. Yeah. Well, it's like an energy that, like, you feed off of almost. Yeah, like, yeah for sure. Because, like, when you're watching a show, it's, like, one thing. When you're playing a show, it's, like, completely different. The yeah. vibe's just completely different. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, when you see a band that you love, or even in the scene, too, like, I don't know. It's it's a hell of a thing when you, like, you to have somebody, like, scream your lyrics back at you or, like, sing yes. them to them, yeah. you know? And, um, and you want that feeling. You want to connect, like, at least I do. Sure. You know, I want... I want it. I want that feeling forever, and like want to yes. bottle it, like right. that moment on stage or those yeah. moments, those special moments. So, so much of your time you spend, especially a, a writer, even at this yeah. point, mm-hmm. in your like kind of own little world, like workshopping this, and then you go out somewhere and you find like those signals you put out, right. people are sending back to you. Yeah, and, and it's like, like it, your lyrics resonate with someone. Yeah. And, like, just hearing them back, <clears throat> like, from you've spent hours writing them and pondering over them, like, hearing someone yell them or scream them or sing them back to you is, like, an otherworldly feeling. Because you're like, yeah. I... You Somebody's listening. Yeah, yeah, you didn't think, you know. like, this would affect someone else. Like, yeah. this is your feelings and your emotions, but then when someone else kind of gravitates toward it, it's, like, a mind-blowing thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so... I, I mean, I agree. It is. It's it's mind blowing. So, and it's such a it's a high like you like nothing else that can ever you can't get that from anything else. Right. Sure. So yeah, I mean that's like I'm trying to remember the question now. Um, <laughs> I just kind of derailed your uh, story about mechanical kids. Now. Oh so. no, no worries. So yeah, I joined that band. We released that EP. It did really well on MySpace, and then we were. Then we got looked at in a uh, AP magazine. We got like a look from hometown hero. Yes, I remember. I remember looking at that like issue out on your merch table. I think we played a show together. We definitely did. And there was at one point where actually I don't even think we played. I think I just came to your show. I forget who I came with. 
I know me sleep, and Sammy K came yeah. on to one of your shows. That's funny time. too. I mean, like I could talk about Sammy too <laughs> with EDM now too. Yeah, yeah certainly. That is a question. I mean, again, I could talk for eight hours and not be done. Um, but just because it's a crazy, right, intertwining crazy thing. But yeah, Mechanical Kids does its thing. Get signed, and for everybody and you who doesn't believe, eighteen yeah. years old with this. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. That is history, folks. That's like, pretty that's ridiculous. For, any, for anybody in the scene who doesn't believe <laughs> that Mechanical Kids got signed, this right here is the letter from the label telling us that we were dropped. So uh, I remember I was telling Kyle before, like, I fucking, it was all of us in a room, and uh, Tom's holding the letter, and he's, like, reading it out loud to all of us. And I'm like... Oh, man. And it was, like, again, that heart sink feeling of, like, getting broken up with. Sure. And it was, like, dude, like, all you want to do, like, in, like, what is drilled into your brain is, like, get a record deal. Like, right. when you're in right. the scene, it's, like, you guys are talking about, like, Rise Records or whatever. Yes, the, whatever the pinnacle That was you. the end-all be-all yep. at that yeah. moment. And I never heard the term, like, major label. I just knew label. And right. then all of a sudden there's this dude from Universal Motown who wants to come That's out and see you. That's not Snapdragon Records. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first show show was Snapfest. Oh, Snap man, I have I don't want to throw them totally under the bus, but... I, I played a couple of the Snap... Oh, God. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a... That's another, that's another episode. That's another episode. Yeah, I played one or two Snapdragon Fests mm-hmm. in my day. Yeah. And, yeah, it's wild. Um, but... Yeah, so we had this deal. Um, eventually, we lost it, and then we almost had a second record deal. Um, that was going to be with Fueled by. Okay. Like, oh, Fueled by Robin. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Because our because then we got that makes some sense. We got dropped by everything, <clears throat> and then we had another manager who Tom works with still to this day. Mm-hmm. So Tom works with this guy named Brett Bassey, who's okay. a great dude. Um, managed Mechanical Kids for a while, and Brett knew, I think his name is Stevo. Um, he was a or is a big A&R still, and, like, a big dude, um, from my knowledge, and I met him one time in passing, so I wish I could mm-hmm. say more about him and describe right. him, but I only met him once when I was 18 sure. or 19. Sure. Um, so we had, a, like, another opportunity to get another record deal. That fell through, and then that same night, crazy things went down. Um, it's, like, off air, but, like, <laughs> that band breaks up that night. Oh. Okay. And uh, then I get, you know, a call from, like, we rather me and Tim like reconnect um, later because Tim and I haven't talked in years now. Yeah, you know he was doing his thing with this other band, um, and uh, and then I was in Mechanical Kids, and then both of our bands at that time were kind of like at a weird moment because they had kind of reached as high as they can go, and then we were kind of like me and Sean were like, well, I do you still want to do it? You know, he yeah. like asked me, and I was like, absolutely. You know, like. So me and Sean were adamant on continuing to keep going. Sure. And then Tim and, like, basically, like, the remainder of his band, like, that were, like, really legit, Mm -hmm. we made this last band called The Royal. So Mm -hmm. Mechanical Kids then went, like, now we're all in The Royal, and then The Royal did its thing, and we actually were able to get some of the demos back from the label. I mean, this is a crazy story, but when you're signed, you're expected to write an album and then deliver it, Mm -hmm. you know, per whatever your deal is, or however many songs you're supposed to deliver that's all laid out. So we we had all these demos that we did, but the and we actually were physically recording them. Sean and our drummer were in L.A., and then um, the week that they got back, we got dropped, you know, from L.A., when we were actually Mm -hmm. recording the masters with this dude named Howard Benson, Mm -hmm. and uh, was a big producer. I mean, works with, like, 
giant, giant bands, um, like Seo Sin and mm-hmm. Starting Line and yeah. whatever. Creed, I think. Like, <laughs> okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's hard to get bigger. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to beat Creed. That's right. Um, but yeah, so we were recording that and like we got dropped. But the, what I'm getting at is like we had these demos because we spent all that time. Sean was flying around doing all these crazy co-writes with big, big co-writers, you know, because mm-hmm. okay. it was major label budget. Yes. Like yes. we allocated... X amount of dollars for him to go write these songs with these big writers. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Sean had all these demos, and I was like, "Bro, like, if we can get like some of these songs, we can start this next band." And I actually had written one for Tim's band too that um, we ended up re-recording and putting out. So then we make this band called the Royal, and the plan is like we're gonna take some of the demos from Universal, sure. and we're gonna sure. take one of the songs that I wrote for Tim's band, and we're gonna make this super band you know yeah, of like, it feels yeah. like a lot of continuity we're right. just listening back from mechanical kids to royal and this would explain yeah because a lo- why. yep exactly because a lot of the songs in the, initially in the beginning were demos from mechanical kids yes okay and those were that songs totally that were going to go on our album yep so luckily the producer of the songs for the demos we used was really cool and um brett actually managed him the producer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's how we met Brett, too, is because we were initially started writing with this guy named Chris Rennell, who is <clears throat> a light to me, is a great producer. He's Grammy-nominated sure. now, sure. twice. And um, anyways, I'm, that's how we met Chris. Chris was super cool. Let us keep the demos. So then um, we released them. And then we, I mean, we did some music videos, too, in Los Angeles. And Sweet. yeah, like we paired up with a YouTuber out there who was really into the song. It just so happened that our first song, which was actually the one that I wrote with Tim for the most part, and some of the other members, like Johnny, the, the drummer too, had a hard mm-hmm. hand in it, and Sean did as well. But um, okay. Tim and I basically wrote this song called Freaks, and uh, this YouTuber... Yeah, this Freaks YouTuber... come out yes, at night? Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, I was like obsessed with Kesha, which I still yeah. am. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Shout out Kesha. Um... <laughs> I I feel compelled to interrupt you for two things. One, I promised you that I would spring a surprise on you, okay. and I actually released more to Mechanical Kids, so I should probably put that here, which is, uh, you asked how I met my wife. My yes. wife uh, attended school at Cardinal Stretch University, which has... Adam. Yes, Adam, Adam Devlin. Devine. Yeah, Adam. Yes, Adam Devlin. I went to I went to college with him. Really? You did? I went to Cardinal Stretch. What? Yeah. Okay. I remember Adam... Do you know Radio Lobo? Yeah. My wife, Katie, was the host of really? Radio Lobo. Really? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is what I was going to That's spring, too funny. Now he's springing a surprise on me while yeah, I'm springing a I, 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 I went to college with Adam. Spider-Man <laughs> me. Yeah, right. like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I went to Cardinal Stretch, no, and right. I, I remember Adam, because wasn't he in New yeah. Year's Day? Wasn't that the... Uh, what band what was, was his it? band called? It was, uh, with it was Rob... Rob Carey, who yes, was in the Royal. You, yes, yeah. you know. Yeah. I forget what band. I, know, Rob, yeah, I went Rob to college with Adam and yeah, Radio Lobo. Jeez. That I, is they so, had that song about the Christmas lights. Yes. Do you remember? Yes. Yeah, so I, yeah. I can't remember what the band is called, though. Uh, Adam's, so Adam's going to kill me. I thought you were going to call him. But, um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, we act, like that's how I met Adam and Rob and, yes. and Johnny uh, Sodeman. Um, yes, who I just reconnected with. A couple months back. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, you were in. Were yeah, I was, in I was in Florida, so I was, I was like, like, "Hey, what's up, dude?" And oh yeah. Anytime that, that like, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, Clay's in Florida. You should him up." And he was like, "Oh no way!" And, oh really? So yeah. you, you were the puppet master, yeah. man. But was that your surprise? You were gonna spring him? No surprise. <laughs> <That's laughs> right. Like, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I was actually every, and that's something I didn't say before, but. 
everything that I was learning from the label, I was like sending them, like I was, I was friends with Tim at this point and we had reconnected before we made this new band. So anything yeah. that I learned from the major label and like all these rights from Sean, like I would take okay. all that info and just, you're just like with the big boys, like, right. Let me just figure just, out how just writing, yeah. just writing notes and everything. Yeah. yeah. Anything that I learned from like having whatever success mechanical mm-hmm. kids sure. had at, you know, yeah. and our failures, I would be like, yeah. Hey, you know, Tim's band <clears throat> with Rob and Adam and Johnny and, uh, a couple other members too. Clint was great, dude. Um, was yeah. also in metal bands. Um, okay. Oh yeah, I remember Clint. Yeah, yeah. he was in He's Guardians. Dope. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, he was, was, was in Guardians. Clint Hannock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Hannock or something. Yeah, I don't know. Clint's a great dude. Anyway, so I would take all oh, this yeah, info that, that I had and send it to these guys, and then I'd go write songs with them because again, like Sean had his stuff and he was doing all the writing and yeah. while he was doing all these rights we were just kind of in limbo as the band so mm-hmm. I wanted to continue to write and do things because right. I want to so then I would take all like um, anything I got and go to Take the Day which is their band and then Take the Day oh that's it yeah. oh, okay. thank you I was like New Year's Day something with day in it yeah so Take the Day I would give them all stuff and I was actually yes. filling at the end of their band I was filling in on guitar so we were already playing together yes. you know yeah and um, I fell I learned like I fell in love with all those dudes and uh so now you're like 1920. 1920. Yeah, ish. And yeah. What is like what is your life at this point like? <clears throat> right. Were you like did you have expectations like were your parents like I know they're supportive of music but they were like should you go to college? Were they like is this going to go somewhere? Right. Like wh- were there other people yeah. close to you outside the band? Like what's it, what was going on? They were always super supportive. And at this point, my high school was weird. So I had finished one year of college by the time I was 18 because my high school let me graduate early. Okay. And this is funny. Like they, so you took, like, credits and college. high school. Yeah, so, yep, yeah. yep. So I took credits, and, like, I had just gone out of school, and I was like, I already know what I want to do. Like, yeah. I just want to do music and be in this band. Yes. And that's when we got signed, you know. So, okay. like, 17, so you're like, 18. that's solidified. I was like, that. okay, yep. well, I feel good. Yeah. yeah, I did what I wanted to do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, and like I got almost failed because my project, my justification to graduate early was, my 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 project was I want to be a music producer, mm-hmm. for a living, and then my my teacher gave me a D minus. I just passed, <laughs> and then the next year I show the next year I went, I'm as I'm going to college and in this band and like working two jobs, like I go up to him and he's like, "How you doing, man? How's school going?" I was like, "It's great," and I was like, "It's like." Yeah, how's that music stuff going? I was like, good, man. I just signed a major label record deal. And, like, you, you almost flunked me a year before. <laughs> and he's but, like, oh. He was like, oh. He was, like, really surprised. Even, sure. like, yeah, I just didn't get it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they were super supportive. I forgot, again, what was the question? It was like... Just what's going on in your life as you're entering the Royal, you're 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 feeling confident that you're like, I'm on the right path. Music is what's, what's up. Um but are you, like, are you still here? Yeah. Did you, because I know you're, like, out with doing stuff in Cali, but, like, yep. you're still living here at the time? Yeah, so. What does that look like? Right around the time, yeah, like, I was I was here still, and I was working, you know, and just, like, living in Milwaukee and, like, just sure. moved out and got an apartment, and that's when we basically we started the Royal. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think right now. But yeah, that's again one more time. I'm just my sure. brain is an absolute scrambled egg. <laughs> I'll, right I'll put it this way: Did you have like, I mean, you're off pursuing music stuff. Were there like ties here that were being severed for that, or was it just was there any kind of like everyone's just like, nope, Steve, you go do your thing, or were you kind of feeling like, oh, I'm missing out because I'm like I doing mean, music stuff over here instead of 
I mean, that's Regu- any, regular life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you sacrifice when you go out on the road. And you, I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. just playing shows or being busy or not being able to go to family things. Like, I missed, I missed my cousin's wedding, which really pissed her off mm. when I was with Take the Day because they were okay. on the Billboard Battle of the Bands in Las Vegas for Billboard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I got to go support these guys and be there with them because I wrote half these songs and I want to be there for this moment, sure. you know? Yeah. Or, like, with Mechanical Kids, like, I was gone one time on a tour, like, our first legitimate tour. That was, like, a 30-day run, and, um, wow. like, my grand- my great-grandma passed away, and, like, I missed her dying and also, like, um, her funeral. So, it was mm-hmm. just, like, when I got back, it was, like, she was gone, you know? Yeah. So, it's, like, I, there, no matter what you do, like, how, how are you ever, like, you're trying to divide your time, like, something's always going to, like, go to the wayside. Right. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, uh, I mean, you're always going to have, like, a sacrifice. Like, if you're putting this first, like, something's not going to be able to be your main sure. attention. So, yeah, I'm, I still, but through all this, my family was incredibly supportive. Yeah. You know, even when I didn't go to, like, the wedding with my, you know, with my cousin's wedding, my mom and dad were like, just go. Like, you follow your dream, dude, you know? Yeah. Um, I still feel bad about it, but yeah. I still had to do It'd that. It'd be great you if know? you could do both. But right. Yeah, but it was literally the same weekend, and, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's... Like, I mean, you also go through relationships, too, like, with girls and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. those fall out of the wayside as well, because, like, you're so focused, like, on chasing your dream. Like, a lot of sure. people just don't get, like, right. it, it is all consuming. every mm-hmm. day, all day, yeah. I have to focus on this. If I'm not at practice, I'm sending emails. If I'm not sending emails, I'm sending MySpace messages to get yes. people to listen to this shit. Yeah. Like, I'm doing everything I possibly can to make this a full-time job. Right. Yeah. You know, because... I don't want it to be, like, I don't, like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I'm yeah. not doing it for money just because I'm doing it because I absolutely yeah. love Money will enable you to right. keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I just, I don't, and you never thought about it in bands. You were just like, what, whatever we got to do to get on tour, be yeah. successful. Yeah. It wasn't about money. If you it, know? it was just about being seen. Exactly. Like, you've, you know, follow yeah. that long enough till right. enough people want to see you that you can actually do this for real. Right. Yeah, for sure. So... Then the Royal, yeah, we we did that video with a YouTuber. Her name is Strawberry17, and she just so happened she wanted to use our song in her YouTube video. Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, we'll actually be in L.A. We were not going to be. We're like, can we be in L.A. at the same time? Can we be in your video? And she was yeah. like, yeah, just come on and be it. So we shot that video and then two or three more. within those three videos total within the course of 24 hours. So, like, we shot from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. at her video, Okay. Left that shoot. I was falling asleep in the car. Uh, yeah, I bet. Oh, man. Between, it's not on set. Yeah, we, so we all fly. <laughs> yeah, first off, we all fly to L.A. as my first time ever going there. We all stay at Tim's uncle's house. It's awesome. Okay. And then um, go to the shoot. Shoot from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. They lost our footage from that first performance scene, so... We had to shoot performance scenes twice, Ugh. and we were dying. Like, we are like, at the time, like, our gimmick was, like, suits and stuff, and, like, we yeah, were all, like, sweating. Like, yeah. Yeah, I when remember you, that. I remember yep. John and Johnny Machine had the, uh, like, uh, the Jory <laughs> LaForge-type yes. visor. Yes. Yeah, giant, John Savage. Johnny um, Machine. Johnny the Machine is, yeah. And he played the machine, and, like, every, everybody was like, I don't get, he's not a drummer. What is he doing? And I was like, <laughs> well, hold on. He is a drummer. He is a drummer. <laughs> But, it's a machinist. No, but yeah, so we shoot all these crazy performance scenes. They lose the footage. We have to reshoot them. So now we're like double tired. We have not slept. 7 a.m. They lost the footage? Lost it. And um, we reshoot it. And like, we're dying, dude. Dude. Like, we're absolutely dead. And then um, we leave that shoot. I'm driving because my mom had to yell at this rental car company to let me 
rent a car because I was too under. Like, sure, yeah. yeah. You're not, I'm yeah, 25 yeah. at this time. Yeah, so I'm driving this rental car, and then we're going to our next shoot, and we're shooting with our buddy Ali, who actually was with us on the billboard stuff. Like, he was, like, okay. filming it all because, mm-hmm. again, that was a big win yeah. thing. Like, it was a big contest that they take the day one. Sure. So then we go shoot our videos with Ali because... How do you get hooked up with all these creatives? Yeah. Dude, I mean, Just from like, the label stuff? Again, <clears throat> the manager. Dude, I, I like I had to so spend many eight hours. Yeah, just <laughs> okay. telling you how I and just like draw it out. Like listen, sure. like all this. It's like it's like the, like it's like the Charlie, Charlie scene from from. It's always sunny. He's like yeah. this here. Yeah, literally, it's like a like a crime yes. right? syndicate yes. thing. And <laughs> sleeper cell. I won't no. I won't make yeah. you spell it all out, but you get connected no. to the music scene. I mean, I'd love to though. I wish I could talk yeah. for ten hours just so that you understood like sure. how all these. It's crazy. It's absolutely. It's magical and like yep. special and crazy and mind absolutely like mind fuck how all this comes together. So it's like your best friends. Is yes. that fair to say? Yeah. Like you're yeah. these are the people you're closest to because you are all pursuing the dream together. Absolutely. I mean, they're like my brothers. Like I, I don't have a legitimate brother. So I'm not a legitimate brother. Like I don't have a blood brother. Like mm-hmm. I have my yeah. sister and it's me. But I never grew up with a brother. You know. So these guys are my brothers as I'm growing up. Yeah. I guess that's something about the scene, too. It's like you have your wins and losses with these guys, you know? Yeah. And they're, you know, like you get dropped or you get signed. Like those yeah. are huge yeah. moments in your life. Yeah. You know, or you play a great show or you play a shitty show. Yeah. And, or you're, you know, like you're having a bad day, like your guitar's sucking and, like, you know, I don't know. You yeah. go through all these crazy emotional rides with all mm-hmm. these dudes. Yeah. So they are like your family. And then oh, if yeah. you're spending 28 days at a crack <clears throat> or like two weeks with them, yeah. you know, yeah. in a bus, like, Sure. Yeah, you're with you. Just they they are your bros. But right. um, so yeah. Now end of the royal middle. Of, oh no, we shoot these videos with Ali. Sorry, again, I'm getting back on track yeah. here. So sure. we shoot all these crazy music videos. We do it in 24 hours, like Ugh. three videos. And like we were driving, I remember we were driving to the second shoot where Ali was, and Tim was like literally slapping my face and pinching me as hard as he could, <laughs> like as he could, because I was falling asleep in traffic. Yeah. On the way there. And then we shoot those videos. We're finally done. And then we fly back to Milwaukee. Oof. And then we put them out. And the first video did really well because we had obviously partnered with the YouTuber Strawberry17. And then our sure. buddy, um, who also was really big at the time in Call of Duty and still is. He's, giant, he's bigger than he's ever been, I should say. His name is Austin Pomage. Um, what is he big in? Call of Duty was oh. like what he was doing at the time. So like Okay. So like he's, yeah, he, producing the game. Well, he's a he plays. Is he a streamer? Oh, he's, he's a, a streamer. streamer. Okay, yeah. He, he does stream. I don't. I think it's Twitch. Twitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would assume. It's, I mean, his streams are like he's giant. Sure. Like at the time, he was relatively small. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. I say small. Like he had two hundred thousand subs on YouTube already when we met him. So we put out Freaks, and um, that's like doing really well. And like, I remember sitting with Johnny in his basement. Like, dude, what if it gets like ten thousand plays on YouTube? I'm like, that'd be crazy. Because, like, you know, yeah. you know you know how hard you fight for plays. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then it got to 10,000, and it kept climbing and climbing. And um, it was really cool. Like, that was, like, our first song that we put out as a band, I'm you know. i to see what it's at right now. And, like, at that time, like, like yeah. to be a local band and get, like, 10,000 views is, like, oh, insane. But, like, when you look at, like, videos now and you'll see, like, a band will release a song and they'll get, like, 100,000 views in a day, you're like... Man, like, how does it's just so yeah. like things have changed so much? Yeah, I mean, even on Spotify, like, if back in like when we were like the Royal 2012, mm-hmm. if you got a million, that was a lot. Yeah, a million was a lot. Like, that was like the next that now it's like a hundred million. <laughs> yeah, like, seriously. 
to like, and then people have like billions of streams, and it's oh, yeah. it's hard to fathom. So if you could, you know, if you could get a million, like back then when you know we mm-hmm. were, the was, Royal Freaks is sitting at six hundred sixty k views right on now. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. what's nice. it on Spotify? I know yeah, I, I can know. tell you a number that it's might be hard to believe for a local band, but in iTunes sales, I can tell you where it it where like I last saw it, and that mm-hmm. was like four years ago. Okay, but um. I'm just curious as to where it's at on Spotify. Um, but in iTunes, it was our best-selling song. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, yeah, we partnered with these friends, um, and Austin became one of my good friends and still is mm-hmm. a great friend. I talked to him yesterday, actually. Um, and he's he's blowing up on streaming because he's, like, a really... He's, like, an OP, savage sniper on COD. And, like, that's... Okay. And he's... He will humble you. Like, he's, like... He's literally a celebrity on COD. Like, so when he that's pulls amazing. into your lobby... Like, I was at his house, like, mm. a couple years ago. I don't know how to tell on Spotify. I don't know if people can. Um, I'll look if, it up. If you have to. He'll it. give us the real, yeah, yeah. The real details. We can put it in the I want to put myself on the pedestal. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I want to stroke my ego. That's right. Play that, um, that eye I'm just it. curious because how, of how you're, like, you know, yeah. you're, like, 10,000, and we, now it's so great. much more than that. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, it's at... 2.7 mil oh, on geez, Spotify. Man. Wow. So that's crazy. That's we insane. freaked out when he got 10,000. Freaked? We, yeah. I see what you did there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was going to say something a little bit, but it was a morbid time, but I said fell to the wayside, like virtue, I should have said before. But, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who can quote each other's But lies, I didn't want to, yeah, I didn't want to <laughs> absolutely... Yeah, say something about my cat, my grandma who passed away. And yeah, virtue left her to the wayside. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, family. Like, Whoops. Well, don't worry, we'll cut no, that part out. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I remember we we were freaking out when I got 10. And then it, now it's at what it is. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, man, like that was our first song. And our friend Pomage like <clears throat> would always feature our songs in his videos. Yeah. So we kind of got like brothered in and like brought in like, to this YouTube community that we had no idea yeah. what we were doing. We were just like, let's make music videos and put them out. Sure. So we barely played shows at the Royal mm-hmm. because okay. there's no scene. Just, it's kind of like what you did is the scene is now like this national scale and mediated through the internet and Spotify right. and yeah. YouTube. So like you're no longer just trying to sell out yeah. the Shorewood Legion Hall. You're trying to like or like get I mean it's yeah. national exposure. Yeah, it's not even like you know there are bands that play that like don't even play shows. They just release songs and like that's just people listen to like yeah totally. Oh yeah, yeah, just yeah. like. Yeah, it, producer kind of bands. Yeah, which like, I feel like then, it's definitely your vibe that we're gonna get to for sure. Yeah, yep. So that band, like, so the Royal starts, and like right before mm-hmm. that, I had just started this other project too with my buddy Tanner called Antics, which was me producing. And like all the while, from like Mechanical Kids up until now, I had been learning a little bit from Sean, but Sean kind of got me my first. I don't. Rat him out, but he got me my first crack of reason. So I was producing in reason okay. and trying to learn how to make just electronic music and yes. like dance stuff. And I was helping produce the Royal songs. So yeah. Freaks is like a lot of my production stuff. So, anyway, so I started that too around this time. But yeah, so the Royal's doing its thing. Um, it's got like, you know, obviously we're starting to put out these songs and our friends on YouTube slash, you know, our little following was starting to grow. And then I was also getting really into uh, EDM. Mm-hmm. And during Mechanical Kids, like, that's kind of when it all really started to explode. So yeah. I was 17. I'll never forget being in the back of the van, like, listening to Dead Mouse, And my mind was, like, 
blown. I was like, mm-hmm. bro, this is crazy. And I then, literally just now, because John Soderman, I hung out with him, he's like, do you ever listen to house music? I'm like, no, I listen to heavy metal. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And he's you like, ever just get on some listen. trance? <laughs> he's yeah. like, dude, listen to Dead Mouse. And I was like, this stuff's actually pretty tight. Right. Like, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm like... A decade and a half behind you, but I now appreciate that now. So I'm working right on. on my house exposure. <laughs> yeah, but no, totally. Hey man, and I, I totally missed out on antics, right? Because this is like mm-hmm. 2012, 2013 is when I'm done really in the scene. Mm-hmm. So like I miss out now on this whole chapter, which I'm like going back. I'm like looking at all these singles you've got in with antics, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. So right. Well, thanks. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean. It's a, it was like a it was like having a whole the cool thing about the DJ scene in Milwaukee and like EDM in Milwaukee was like it was like a whole rebirth of a scene. Like oh, yeah. it was totally different, but mm-hmm. still the scene. Yeah. Because it was so new, so fresh mm-hmm. and so exciting to be sure. a part of. It was like the first time that you heard like you know Fall Out Boy. You're mm-hmm. like what is this and like right. sugar we're going down. It's like Pop oh my punk god. Revival. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, is like it, pretty so punk or something. But. Is Wolfbiter around? I'm just curious about my boys. No, me, crazy like, story. Okay, so we start antics, then I start making my own stuff. Again, like, I wanted to produce because, you know, Sean was mainly writing for this, and, like, we would produ- he would produce, like, you know, later he was producing most of the Royal songs, mm-hmm. too, and we would go to Joel, and we actually did some stuff with Joel, a lot of the stuff with Joel still, too. Um, but I wanted to produce and make songs for me because Sean was the front man. Yes. And, you know, I want to do something that's my own, too, and have my own outlet. And then I met Tanner. Sure. And then... He was doing, you know, he was producing on his own too. So then we came together and um, started Antics. And like prior to that, we were just playing like house parties. And again, it starts like a that scene and that whole movement, at least in Milwaukee. Um, it mm-hmm. started with like raves, like yeah. uh, like raves wherever you could have yep. like a rave. Like we yeah. just like somebody's house party on the east side. Mm-hmm. And sure. then I would just pull oh, up yeah. with my laptop. Yeah. And like my controller and DJ. Yeah. And yeah, we used to throw like house like basement raves and like mm. wherever we could throw them and then that grew into wanting to produce it more and then get more serious about it sure and play bigger shows like that's sure. like that's literally the same as bands mm-hmm, so it's yeah. like how can i do something bigger i right, will have to make obviously I have to make music and then it has to be decent and yeah then exactly i have to promote it and then we yeah. have to do the thing same thing you've been doing for a long time exactly but it's a whole new genre yeah. so yeah so i i started producing a lot with Tanner, and then um, we had some songs that were out on SoundCloud, but then I made an EP that I'd kind of been, like, working on for a while. And then um, somehow, like, through Twitter or something, we got connected with our managers in Colorado. And they are like, you know, like, hey, we have these, like, connections to all these blogs. And, like, in the early days of, like, EDM, we're a lot of blogs. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and blog. if you got blogged on a decent blog, like, you'd... Blow up. Oh yeah, okay. there's still there's still I think like blogs that like people follow for like every genre. Okay. Um, that like yeah, if you get I think what's the one, the heaviest heavy blog like they are like a huge famous like drone sludge metal one. Like if you get blogged yeah. on them like, so I think they're still very credible for like exposure, especially like, if you're trying to like get your name. Like blogs are still pretty relevant. Definitely, if you get certain ones too back yeah. in the day. Um, in EDM, it was always like uh, Hype Machine is, mm-hmm. was a huge one, or um, it wasn't somebody's Zanga profile, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that's, or like that's taking me real that's a throwback. throwback. <laughs> that's a throwback. That's like freshman year, man. Uh, um, yeah, it's not like 
it's the same as like if you got an AP or like mm-hmm. somebody blogged. Like, you know, back in MySpace, like what the pinnacle was was like a magazine mm-hmm. spread. You know. Yes. Like who's reading like sub? What was it called like sub something? Substream. Yep. Like who's okay. reading that? Like if you got in Substream or like you know like you were legit. You know. Yeah. Um. So that was the same with blogs too for EDM. And uh, we started getting some blog support, and then we picked we got picked up by a manager, Trevor, out in um, Colorado, and he, he I think he found us on like Twitter because I was like doing the same band tactics to promote. Mm. Oh yeah, just yeah. right now, hundred and forty character yes. tweets, links, just yeah. yep, ad bot, ad bot yep. all day. In between yeah. my shifts, I'd be sitting there slamming it, and I'm just yeah. like, yeah, every day, just yeah. treating mm-hmm. it like a band. What are you doing? What are your shifts right now? Like at this point, yeah. I was working at Applebee's <sighs> okay. and Aldo. Okay. And uh, shoes. Shoes. Oh, okay. I was selling shoes and food. Okay. Sweet. The <laughs> yeah, modern music. Day, the <laughs> modern day Al Bundy, if you would yeah. say. And I would like leave. I remember like I'd work. There was like one point too. I remember like it was crazy. I worked all night at Aldo because we were released. It was like around holidays. Mm-hmm. It was crazy busy. So I worked all night doing like inventory and getting ready for like the next day and setting up the store. And then I left that parking lot. Or in the state, like at that end of the parking lot at Southridge Mall, slept in my car and woke up and went to work at Applebee's. Oh, man. It was brutal, and I was doing the band thing. So now I'm in two yeah. bands and I have two jobs. Yeah. Um, and I'm like 20, Double 21. The anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, Antics started releasing stuff. We put out our EP, um, which came out on like Dubstep.net at the time, which was a big deal. Okay. And like mm-hmm. overnight, like our Facebook likes went from like. A thousand to like four or five thousand. Okay. Because we had this thing called like like to download. Mm-hmm, so yeah. you get the EP for free, but you have to like us on Facebook yep. and yes. then you can download it. So overnight we got blogged and that went up and that was like a big first step. And me and Tanner were like, oh my God, this is crazy. Okay. Like these plays are just going up so and up. So you and two up. are like the only guys involved in that or yeah. the main guys? Yeah. Like me and Tanner ones. are just mm-hmm. a duo. Okay. And we've had various or like different um, managers throughout the years. Okay. okay. But, um, and, uh, yeah, so then Tanner and I kept putting out songs and then kept playing shows, you know, and then the shows eventually got more and more legit, I'd say. Yeah. So it started at bars and stuff like that, and yeah. um, then it kept growing as the scene grew, you yes. know. So there was, a you know, quite a few of us, like, doing it in Milwaukee, but not so many. Like, everybody was yeah. DJing at this point, you know, and, like, kind of getting into it, but not that many people were producing. Are you? Did you find, like... The people at these EDM shows were the people five years ago. Totally. Like, pop punk, heavy metal yeah, scene. Absolutely. I feel so like there was like yeah. I feel like there was a them. migration at some point. Like yeah. people that had left a metal band either went to like being like in like the EDM scene or they just kind of or they were in a hardcore band. Yeah. I feel like that was like the two. It's kind of like you all like collectively were kind of mm. like we did the the scene thing and now it's yeah. like this rave scene. Like new environment. Yeah, with like with any band that I've been in mm-hmm. or like project that I've been a part of, I would I have to do it like when you genre hop or whatever you do or whatever projects yeah. I've been involved with, I have to be like really inspired to do it and want to write it. So when I first heard like EDM and stuff like that, I was so excited by it. Like you know, I thought it was like I was infatuated. I just needed to like learn more about it and yeah. learn how to do it and be a part of it because I was stoked on it. Yeah. So a lot of those people from the scene. That we grew up with, 
came over mm-hmm, um, sure. eventually, especially because metal is very aggressive, obviously, sure. and heavy. And then so when Stubstep came out yes. and came around and really oh, yeah. exploded, that taps into that. Oh yeah, yeah, and like trap and all those other subgenres of like yeah. what heavy music is. Sure. You know, like, it kind of translated. Like Sunny well. Moore, you know, just absolutely, like, yeah. yeah. He's kind of embodies the the journey for a lot yeah. of people. I think. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah. So that's. Oh, that was like half the scene, and like the other half was like these other people that I never met before, yeah. which is like rave, you know, kids mm-hmm. who went to raves and like had yeah. already been in love with this music, but then it was just becoming popular. I was like, oh, it's just wild, you know? Yeah, like, they've been this, here for a while. Yeah, this has like been a thing since like the early '90s and stuff, you know, sure. or even prior to that. But um, so yeah, um, and the EDM scene was a little different. Again, it was like a lot of like house parties and college stuff on the east side, just mm-hmm. throwing them wherever we could. Then it, then we went started playing clubs, and we got our couple first opening slots for like Bauer, the Harlem Shake dude was like one of the bigger first shows that we played, and then um, we played the ballroom too. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with Cruella. <clears throat> At like the height if of even control. I know who that person is, then that's yeah. that must be a, a big accomplishment. There's something I definitely want to touch on, and don't let me forget to, but I'll just talk about it right now. Um, it felt weird. I it's it's a weird feeling DJing versus playing shows as a band. Yes. Because as I was band, wondering how you would like, dude, yeah. if your musicianship of the guitar, if that was a loss to you, or or it was um, just you being, you're trying to get you this like just you up there doing yeah. it. Yeah, it was it was a new thing, so it was exciting and fun. Yeah, but there's there there are two very different things in like when it comes to the live performance aspect. As a band, you play what thirty minutes. Mm-hmm, you yeah. know, as a DJ, you're probably playing an hour to two. Yeah, and you're going through, and what a lot of what you play is what's popular. Sure. And a lot of times it's not your own songs. Sure. Which in bands we'd only play our own songs. Yeah. So unless you have that one cover of I mean, Fall Out yeah. Boy. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, my first band actually used to cover Dead Man Walking. That's awesome. Or sleep or yeah, <laughs> I think I remember seeing yeah. a video for that. And Sammy I was, actually played it with us funny, a couple times. You guys times. you guys were probably looking at us going, Those guys are so cool, but I was looking at that going, Somebody's covering my song. Right, like, hey <laughs> Really? That's funny. So, so it's like we both were stoked on yeah. each other. Yeah, we we played that like all the time especially at metal shows because sure. again we're the pop up band that everybody hated so we had to be somewhat metal sure so we had the breakdowns and stuff anyways yeah. um yeah so it's it's like a it was different so transitioning from going like being this band dude um and then going into EDM but I was doing them simultaneously so it was weird um like those shows are you're just oh my god there's like it was there's like so many people here right now mm-hmm. But like, do they? Something that always messes with my head whenever I play shows like that, like big EDM mm-hmm. shows, is like, do they even fucking care, care who I am? Yeah. Because yeah. I'm playing somebody else's song ninety percent of the time. Sure. Really? Well, it's like seventy five, and like there are shows where we mm. play mainly our stuff too. Sure. If we were like headlining the show. Right. So you know? just become like a stooge of somebody else's yeah. creativity I, rather than. Yeah, and, like, I mean, it's so fun because I still love playing other people's songs. That's half the fun of DJing, okay. too, is, like, you're also, like, controlling the energy of the room mm-hmm. okay. and the vibe. So, that like, you're a curator. Mm-hmm. Like you're, okay. You're like a player. So you actually enjoy the collaborative. I do. Of, okay. I mean, I loved it, but at the same time, I felt it's, you don't get, get I mean, you do at times and you don't because, like, you're sharing, like, a vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, we all love this song. Right. And that's a lot of what you're doing when you're playing these sets as a DJ is, like, you're sharing, sure. like, your taste. You right. Know? Yeah. 
And if you have shitty taste, like, sure. they're not going to... Or, like, you're, if I'm opening it for Skrillex and I'm playing, like, Deep House, like, probably not going to be good because Skrillex is high energy, you know? Yeah. Right. At, the, at you know, at the height of Skrillex. So people aren't going to get it. Like, they're yeah. not going to... Like, your crowd, you're kind of, like, <clears throat> trying mm. to play songs to the crowd, you yeah. know? And, like, yes. read, the, read the room, too, is what we like conversation. Right. Exactly. So one thing, I like, that I feel... I felt, like... I don't say, like, an imposter, but I felt, like, mm. do you even, like... This is, like, this... Do I even matter to you? Sure. But at the same time, I'm still writing songs. You go there to, like, sweep them off their feet, and they start, like, making out with (laughs) something else, and you're kind of like, like, should I just leave? I'm going to leave. Can I just hit play and go? Yeah, like, like, are you here because you just want to get fucked up and look at cool lights and listen to dope tunes, or are you here because you like me and you actually want to see our set? And, like, the older I got... And that, I think, is maybe a mentality that a... Ex band dude would yeah, take I, more to that because I you know think I mean? that's what we all thought. Like when people were at the show, were like, "Are you here to see us? Are you here to like? Are you just exactly. waiting to see the, yeah. the, the headline of the next yes. band after us?" They yeah. kind of yeah. just sit there with I their arms crossed and, that, yeah. and wait till yeah. they. I think that done. just kind of applies to anything. Like when yeah. you're an artist, you're just like, "Are you here to see me? Or are you here to like see the next person after yeah. me?" It's like you do yep. this grand expression of yourself, like really putting yourself right. out there, and people are just kind of like, "Man." Yeah, it's cool. like, you're all right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and everybody played those shows, too, no matter what other bands or, like, EDM mm. and stuff like that, and you play shows that are, like, tough. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or you play shows that are really great, and the yeah. crowd's there for everybody, you know, yeah. which are the, the favorite mm. ones. But, yeah, so we played, like, the first couple big shows I remember playing, like, you know, those are, but, like, at the, at the again, it was, like, so fun to play for a big mm-hmm. crowd, and, like, touring as a DJ is so different than touring <laughs> as a band. <laughs> And it didn't make Probably any less s- equipment needed, <clears throat> right? Oh, yeah. Like I could use I could use a Jetta, man. Like I just yeah. Like we all remember like driving in a van with yep. like eight dudes and, and a trailer, a, and a, and like you know, and like eight to ten dudes, and then like a maybe there's like eight seats in the van, eight six, passenger van, yeah, six yep. to eight passenger, laying and, like, on top of each other, yep, sleeping on the floor, sleeping yeah. in your chair, yep. So like we all and loading and loading out, like loading in, loading out, and just having making sure everything works. Yes. Yep. Then take so that's all my previous tour knowledge is yes. like wow this is going to be a pig day you know yeah and then going f- you know to DJing it's like alright if your show's in state like all you have to do is drive there and you pull up with like a USB and maybe your laptop like a USB that's it yeah and you just show show up yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> and don't forget your headphones yeah you yeah. know and it's if you want to 1000% more efficient right like honestly like <laughs> yeah. it's like so, so much better it was mine like and then also you're like in bands, you were lucky to get paid anything. Oh, right? yeah. And, and if you threw the show yourself, you may maybe made a little bit of money if you did. And then you're splitting it seven ways or whatever. With, yeah, yeah, like with band. how yeah. many bands were on the bill. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. So, yeah. So I went, and then also the members. Yep. So yeah. if it's just a duo, a duo mm-hmm. then, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's two. And, like, yeah. a lot of guys are just one, yeah, you know? Exactly. So, but it was weird, yeah, you know? So going from bands to touring as a DJ, and most, I would say, like, because the Royal was again was a band that played mm-hmm. seldomly, and we were mainly online. Yeah, and that's where we had our success, and we knew it, and we just hammered that home. Yes. Right. So like, fuck it, nobody wants to see us play. It's all metal bands here, and like, yeah. there's like no pop bands. And this is Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where there's not a big pop market, yeah. and also the industry for pop isn't here. Sure. Or we're just gonna live on the internet. Yeah. It's fine. That, that's fine. So that's what we did. And but then, then your live performance then, thing antics, isn't there yeah totally so like I was lacking there and I was missing you know obviously yeah. I miss playing guitar and having yeah. people sing the songs back for sure yeah um, but then antics now is like a whole new live setting thing where it's mm-hmm. like okay this is like a whole new way to like take this in and like 
give back, you know, mm-hmm. give it back out to, and like it's just performing is different. Um, this goes till what twenty eighteen, or is this still, it's still ongoing? It still kind of goes on. Okay. It's still kind of ongoing. Mm-hmm. Roughly, I'd say like we were really like pushing antics from like two thousand twelve to sixteen seventeen. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and that's and the royal ended in fifteen. Okay, um, okay. so and antics is still going on right now, and I actually wrote. Monday for it. Um, and Tanner and I have been talking for the last couple months, but um, about putting more stuff out. We actually have a song coming out in December, so I can't say it's done. Sure, yeah. We usually put out, like right now, this where we're at now, we're putting out a couple things a year, maybe. Yeah. And Tanner's doing what he's doing, and I'm doing what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah, so um, I'll focus more on antics because, you know, the Royal is like you know it's online you can see it and like yeah everybody kind of knows how bands go mm-hmm. yeah. but um the dj scene was um again like i said a lot different we we're starting to get more popular online and this is like 2012 to 15 16 mm-hmm. i'll give you and then um we started playing shows in madison and milwaukee and then we were really hitting madison hard and we got picked up by my friend he was managing us his name is nye nyja um my base and he was, like, the man. Like, he would always hook it up with shows, and he was helping us push and get to that next level. And um, then Antics was, yeah, like, we, again, like, the blogs kept coming. We kept, like, pushing for them and promoting those songs and, like, writing them. And at the time, like, I didn't, I was going to say this before, but at the time I didn't, like, realize it meant something to people still. Because at shows, it was so more, so much more of, like, a community. It's, like, everybody yes. plays. You change out, change in. You know, like, mm-hmm. you're yeah. talking to everybody. Yeah. You're loading and loading out. And you're also there to see you're the, the band. other band. Let's all put out our cigarettes <clears throat> and right. go inside together. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. And at these shows, it was harder to connect with people because the music never stops. Yeah, right. it's just, like, it's one like, continuous yep. flowing stream of... Yep, and when you're done, it's, like, midnight, one, sometimes yeah. two three or four in the morning Time and to go home exactly or so wasted or yeah. yeah everybody there you know and it's just, it was a part of it is like either you know you're drunk you're fucked up or yeah you don't really get a lot of time to talk to people sure. and go meet them you know but i like later like more and more even like this last week mm-hmm. i just would go like I, my, my tanner sent me a youtube comment from like s- somebody who said like i missed you guys like i loved your music and it got me through so much and i was like wow like it really did mm-hmm. do something for a lot of people and a yeah. lot of people throughout the years have told me that it did and I, that's something that i always struggle with like re- understanding yeah. and, and kind of like is this does this mean the same amount as the scene that sure. i came from because this is so new to mm-hmm. me yeah and I'm just getting thrusted into it, and I don't know if what I'm doing like really resonates with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're not like singing your songs back to you all the time, you know. Because sure. I wasn't a huge headliner, but you know, we were like moderately successful and open for a lot of people, big people, like um, the biggest shows you I played. By stereo or what? <laughs> what? What? What are you thinking of when you say we open for a lot of big people? I'm thinking of the EDM stuff. <clears throat> the yeah. EDM stuff. Okay. Yeah, and I, that was also weird to me too because I had only known grind, grind, grind in bands, and like there's yes. minimal results, right? Mm-hmm. And also minimal pay, and yeah. like, t- you know, You're and then just kind of selling it all for this. Yeah. Kind of this, yeah. This, this and feeling. I felt like I didn't earn it. You know, because yeah. all I've known is like suffer. And yeah. just, <laughs> a lot work, just like literally work your ass off. And if you got yeah, like be two happy MySpace if anybody com- cares. Yeah. If you got like yeah. a MySpace comment or something, you were like, yeah, someone's yes. listening. Yep. So, so then it goes and yeah, and it, it, I to this day, like you know, I, I'm I I understand it now more that it did. It just was. It meant it meant the same thing, but differently at the sure. time. You know. Yeah. And um, I mean it. 
because like our songs that we grew up on and we fell in love with mm-hmm. that could have been you know Skrillex for some people like oh my sure. god like this song yeah. is dope or you know like some of his deeper songs or like Dead Mouse has some songs mm-hmm. that I'm like I really connect with yeah beyond like jamming you know it's yeah. like no this is a great song so. yeah it so, moves you it does it's exactly yeah. it does the thing and I think that's the thing like that's you know why did you, why did you do it in the first place or what made you fall in love with mm-hmm. the scene and why did you have to do it it moved me yeah. like right. I had I felt something like insane that mm-hmm. I was I was moved by it yeah you know so with other people yeah. yes and that's yeah. the that's does it just feel like almost like there's so much technology in between you and people now like yeah and that you've was got your stuff and you goes online and then people are getting it well I think more but you're so, not up there yeah. when that's necessarily happening yeah, for sure. And, like, you're not there to see them, like, receive the song or, like, physically hand them a CD. Mm-hmm. Sure. Like, even to this day, like, Freaks has two point whatever million streams. I can't see you. Right. Like, yeah. or, like, I can't give you the CD. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, if they passed you on the street, like, 90% of those people, would they, yeah. would they I, even, like, no. no, it's you. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. And you said you did a lot of the producing and writing, like. Yep. So, it's so, just, Yeah. It's tough, yeah. So it's like you're like ships passing in the night, with right? Like you're you're popular, but like no one knows who you are as a person. Like you're part of an entity, and like I'm sure if like they saw you like playing music, like oh I know who that is, but if you walk, yeah, Clay said like you walk down the street, you're just like they have no idea who you are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I played enough though in Milwaukee mm-hmm. that. Tanner and I were... Oh, I'm certain you'd be recognized. Oh, Here, yeah. <laughs> it's, well, again, like, that was the scene, too. So, yeah. like, it was just... But it was clubs. So, like, mm-hmm. you'd go out every weekend, and we'd be playing... You know, or, like, we'd have a show. We played a lot. You know, we played a lot of gigs almost every single weekend, multiple times a week, especially when we started playing, like, around the, the entire Midwest mm-hmm. and then touring out and doing other shows out west and, you know, mm-hmm, all these yeah. crazy places. Like, but just we played so much, like so many shows that yeah in Milwaukee eventually we did get known and like there was a scene and everybody there was all the producers in it too and coming up as well you right. know that um people eventually did start like recognizing me here mm-hmm. but I don't know again still like at those big shows you know it's the connecting with people like I've played a few that are really great and but like some of the bigger ones like it's hard you're I it's like a world I don't even know how to describe it it's just different um, sure. it's just different. It's, it's, it's different having somebody scream the lyrics that you wrote right, right back in your face mm-hmm. and like people just going ape shit for yeah. your right. song versus like playing a, a cover song yeah. essentially and then having them go ape shit. Like it's like, it's just, it's like, it's dope because we both think this is dope, yeah. but I didn't do this, you right. know? Yeah. But I'm playing it and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, somebody else could just totally take my spot and like, it wouldn't sure. matter. Right. Right. And like, you know? yeah. after you're done, like you don't hang out like at your merch table and like people come talk to you. It's kind of like, well, I'm yeah. done and I'm just going to go. There's almost like a, a lore or like mythology built up about bands too. It's like with this guy from this band and like, yeah. he's yeah. somebody and like, right. It's, and it's, he interacted with this other guy in yeah. this way. And yeah. that's interesting. And, yeah. I mean, a lot of, I'm not, and I don't want to shit on the EDM community because sure. it was absolutely amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have some of my closest friends and, like, longest-lasting friends. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it and it was me. Like, you know, it wasn't right. the community. I was just trying to understand. Yeah. Right. Like, how does this make sense? Because yeah. given I only know this, yeah. and this is so new, and mm-hmm. it's exploding and evolving, and I am just, like, trying to keep up with it and be yeah. a part of it and mm-hmm. grow the, the band again, you know? Right. This is, like, a new band, so... yeah. Yeah, antics, like, when it comes to shows, 
again, it's weird because in bands, like, the, the biggest shows that, like, I've ever played with band, like, being in bands was probably Mechanical Kids. We opened up for, I have a funny story with this one. Um, we opened up for Panic at the Disco one time. Oh, nice. And oh. Patrick, Patrick Stomp. But we found out the night before. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. So that the was the biggest. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. It was like, hey, can you play a show tomorrow? It's with Panic at Foxy Shazam just dropped the tour so you guys can play the show. Okay. And we're like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, but that was the biggest one. And that was cool too. But, it, you know, like, and that was at the rave. And, yeah. Um, that was amazing. And, like, still, like, there's people there to see you though. So, because we, like, we told all our fans it was last minute, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, come to the show. That's but, what um, makes it kind of exciting. Yeah. 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 Word spread. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, wrap my head because I'm having so many thoughts right now and, like, trying to tell you guys how it feels, but... Sure. Um, with with big EDM shows, they, it, it means more, like, when somebody was screaming your lyrics back at you, but again, like I said at the same time, there's a different high that you get from playing mm-hmm. when you DJ, especially in a right, big yeah. crowd who is actually in it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, like, Pride Fest, every time we get to play that, um, my friend Brian books us, he's the best, he's awesome, yeah. takes such good care. Um... Though, like, that is probably, I think, one of my... It's easily my favorite EDM show. Not the biggest okay. mm-hmm. on paper, but still absolutely massive. And, like, the, the crowd... Has a certain energy? Yeah, because the crowd is there, like, to have fun and be there for, like, you know... It's, like, it's just, like, they're they're there for to feel good and mm-hmm. have fun. And that's, like... And, again, like, the EDM crowds are different um, than... <laughs> Like scene crowds. Oh yeah, um, sure. everybody's oh, yeah. there. I mean, they say like plur and stuff like that, but everybody's there to have a good fucking time. Yeah. And that was weird too to see, going from band stuff where it was mm-hmm. crowds could be clicky. There could be like, yes. mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like your band's hanging out over here. There's one guy that wants to punch everybody in the face. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, he wants to punch my ass. And there's the pit. And I, was like, I gotta stay away. It's like yep. somebody should draw a oh, diagram yeah. of the pit <laughs> and like the Miramar, like where everybody yes, would hang out. Like, right, like you don't go over there. Like That's yeah, right. that guy wants to fucking melt me right now, dude. But like if I go over here, I'll be good. And like yeah. you know, like. Just stay away from the pit. That was always a lot of thing. theatrics, a lot of uh, a lot of windows. I guess that's kind of any scene you're gonna go out in. There's a little bit of like self projection. That's mm-hmm. a curated projection, but yeah, like I'm sure you get some characters at EDM shows where you know it's that person that always stands out like in the crowd. Oh yeah, we have oh, quite a few in Milwaukee. Seem very funny, okay, but dope because they were okay. so supportive. Sure, like I call them dancing sandwich guy. Um, Dude just out there with a cousin sub, just yeah. No, he would pack his own sandwich. Hey man, and like yes. mid rave, like middle middle of the show, middle of the night, he would just like, eat, but he always in the front too, just Dude. going like this, the sandwich. Man, and you like, gotta get carbs if you're gonna dance that long. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah, but the, but the EDM crowd had this crazy thing too, which was really different and welcoming. Um, like everybody was there to have a good time nobody was like a douche which was mm-hmm. yeah. to you a like different nobody. feeling yeah. of course yep and it was a different every crowd every other show didn't get shut down I'm guessing no never <laughs> like yeah I mean, you know it was, what I'm talking about oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I know those days yeah we got shut down too and say I stereo and a bunch of other bands yes. <laughs> right national skate park getting shut yeah. down yeah destroy yep. every venue yeah, yeah. so they, yeah they, nobody like wild death or was like doing like yeah. windmill kicks and yeah. shit and EDM, mm-hmm. and everybody was like Much more chill, more chill, high energy still. Yeah, yeah. but like more accepting. Yeah, right. like you were just like if you're there and you're wearing something crazy, everybody's like fuck it, like yeah, you're cool, you know. Yeah. And like th- th- there was a crazy accepting, you know, scene. And um, is that kind of even like I'm thinking about Pride Fest? Like mm-hmm. there's a little bit of. 
people are trying to be who they feel they are, and they can do that at your show. And that totally there's something that that I th- you really appreciate tapping into that aspect. Yeah, I think it's yeah, and enabling people to be who they are. Yeah, right. and you can in an EDM. Yeah, it's like very it's 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 less judgmental. It's more accepting. I'd say I would. Yeah, it's more accepting because like definitely like in the scene. I just remember like some people would shit on you for listening to a band that you really like but everyone like didn't like yeah. and it was always like yeah. you know there's an elitism yeah exactly like yeah. you listen to that band I thought the early 90s guys like we were here before you right I mean, mean you had, like yeah there's sorry. some of yeah. it but yeah, it's just, sorry yeah go ahead no no worries um, no I didn't mean yeah. to cut you off um, but yeah you had you have some of those guys who are like mm-hmm. there's more so like the house heads who were like there before you um, but like there's barely any people mm-hmm. that were pretentious you know okay. whereas in like band stuff, there's like a lot of different genres, and everybody's like, "I only like this because this is the cool thing." This is like, right, I'm into right. metal, but I don't like metro Screamo station. Screamo sucks. Right. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. a metal guy. Right. Yep. And like, yeah. I'm not gonna go like to your set when you play today. Yeah. Whereas EDM, it's like celebrated that you can go through all these different genres. Like mm-hmm. the yeah. more genres, the better, dude. Just yeah. keep right. bored in mind. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And we're all here because we all love all the different genres, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's in yeah the community of like. Those those shows, you know, like, those are very fun to be a part of mm-hmm, and yeah. really accepting. And, like, it was, like, a big family, too. Sure. Mm-hmm. And the scene was a family, absolutely. Yeah. But sure. um, but just, like, if you were to walk into two rooms, who would be more accepting yeah. right off the get-go? And they'd, <clears throat> I don't know you, I'd probably say EDM, you yeah. know, yeah. because they're just less judgmental. Everybody, sure. you know, you, from, like, the outfits to everything. I mean, obviously, we all wear skinny jeans. Yeah. And yeah, but like EDM, is you go to a show and some girls are in like a tutu and has a hula hoop and she's just giving her, you know, just yeah. doing stuff yeah. and it's like cool, fuck it, you yeah. know. But and like if you wore that at like a show, some scene girl like she's not seen enough, like whatever. Yeah. Right, know? like her hair yeah. isn't done up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can even tease your not hair. Not enough tones. Exactly, tones. <laughs> it's not not yeah. striped enough or whatever. Yeah. Um, so then, I guess moving then towards now, I guess really that's that's the next thing. I know you've got like movie scores you've been a part of. You're you've got some unreleased stuff. Uh, you're you know nice enough to share with us to give us let us listen to it. Um, work it sounds like collaborating more with different projects, being an pr- actual producer. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that kind of where this journey ends? As in that's where it is now. Yeah, but, it kind of goes to where it is now. Like I, I didn't like when I started producing. It was because I I had no idea that. I would become a producer. Like I, the first time I walked into Joel's studio, I never had any desire or like idea that eventually someday I could be doing the same thing Joel did, mm-hmm. but for like other people, like where they come to me with a song or something mm-hmm. and they want me to produce it or help the song, you know? Mm-hmm. So obviously I've been writing because I was writing, you know, throughout the entire stuff of bands through mm-hmm. EDM until now. But yeah. But then I started producing more. Obviously EDM was like, proving grounds for that and like the training wheels and I learned how to get you know things sounding okay and yeah. not so shitty mm-hmm. it was like being in a shitty band at first it was like sure. your, your fucking band sucks like your mix is <laughs> whack bro like and it's yeah. like how do these bands sound so good you know it's the same thing at EDM it's like how do they get it to sound so good and like what are they using for all these things so yeah. that grew yeah and then at you know towards the end like where I'm at now is was like I was again I just kind of had a, a point too where we were all feeling like uninspired and like I don't know again just not I wasn't stoked on like where EDM was when I kind of stepped away for a while um and the same thing with bands like I'd just been in bands for 10 years 
mm-hmm. you know, beating my head against the wall. And, yeah. like, I've achieved all these plays. Like, I don't know what else I need to do, right. you know, to, to succeed in this. And then, um, yeah, you know, kind of towards the end of the, like, uh, EDM things when I was kind of winding down and, like, disconnecting myself from it because I wanted to focus on me and figure out what really made me happy and, like, you know, what I wanted to do and how I was, how I was going to keep going because I knew I wanted to do music. Mm-hmm. I started producing for other people um, and then uh, work. I started working on other people's projects and I got the first one I really actually got asked to do was my buddy Izzy, who I met at Joel's studio when I was 19 because his band was recording there, but then um, I started working really heavy with my friend Izzy, who goes by Ezekiel, and um, that yeah. was, like, a big first step into producing for somebody else okay. and, like, getting into their brain. And then that was, like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, I can I can make <clears throat> something, um, you know, I can make somebody else's, like, you know, I can try to sure. get in their head. I'm thinking even you and Tanner, you kind mm-hmm. of proto, you know, collaborating. Yeah, it's, that, like, what are way. you inspired by? What am I inspired by? Yeah. Let's make it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that was, like, one of the the another intro to mm-hmm. producing obviously was with Tanner it was like again that was like big time you know sure. it played a huge role at, to where I'm at now but um yeah I just started producing more for other people and trying to help their songs and especially when I was asked to do so and I was just trying to get better at producing because that was always the goal to you know just get better and yeah. become mm-hmm. like just try to sound more believable sure. yeah you know um so the last couple years now uh, I've been working for my friend Aaron, who has been gracious and has believed in me, who's actually managing the Royal, too. Okay. Crazy story. Um, okay. Again, this is all wild full circle. So Aaron um, asked me to, you know, start writing songs for his film, at, like, right, you know, 2015, 16, when we were doing okay. the first one. Um, and that was my, like, intro to scoring, and he was, like, he just believed in me, so he was helping me pay rent. At this time, like, I just got fired from Applebee's. So this is, like, when I first went full-time was probably 2015, 16. Okay. Um, maybe 14, even. Uh, and then um, I was 23, wherever that, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I started scoring this film for Aaron, and that's how I started getting into film scores. So I've been doing that um, and a lot of scoring for Aaron. Sure. And then uh, a lot of producing for other people, too. Um, like I said, Izzy and uh, a lot of other artists now. But... Yeah, the last, like, four four years has been mainly producing for other people. Mm-hmm. Still kind of, like, going from, like, EDM and then, like, more so, like, focusing on what I want to make and then for other people, too. And also trying to become a better writer. Okay. Um, as well. So, sure. yeah. I, it's hard to explain because it all just, like, goes like this. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So your focus now is... You're, you're trying to sort of run a studio or are you more just like I feed into the kind of producing and collaborate on arranging and most of the stuff we do here is like our own projects so okay. run a studio in that sense sure. and um, again I work for Aaron and I'm actually signing a co-publishing deal with him soon he, okay. you know and like again I'm so like he's he's been like one of the biggest reasons why I've been able to do it for so long and I owe him everything um okay. Because he believes in me, and he's believed me for a long time. And um, but yeah, uh, lately, um, I've been yeah focusing more on. Th- I mean, there's this place, which is obviously where we work and do all this, all the producing for Aaron and like other artists and stuff like that too. But um, a year ago, I moved to LA, and that's when I really started focusing more on songwriting. 
and um, trying to get better as a singer and a songwriter at the core of it, you know? Because yeah. I had done all these crazy productions, and, like, EDM is really busy, as you know. There's, like, so much going on. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I just yeah. want to write a fucking song on guitar and vocal, and okay. that's it, yeah. you know? And so, I, I, like, a year ago, that's what I was really focusing on then. Um, but now, I have... I, I, oh, is that so the Four Giants? Yeah, so... Okay. At the end, okay, so the Royal and Antics kind of come to an end in, like, 16-ish. Okay. And, and Antics never has ended, but um, I, I had to take a step back because I was, like, really drained. Like, mm-hmm. I had just yeah. done this for, like, 10 years, and Antics had toured relentlessly and played shows every single week, multiple shows a week, and I was, just, like, very, very drained. Mm-hmm. And um, also was going through some serious personal stuff. Sure. And I was like, I I got I told Tanner and like everybody else too, you know, the Royal was done, but Tanner specifically, I was like, I got to take a step back because like right now I'm yeah. like not like super happy and I'm not excited to play shows right now, which is a terrible feeling. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I need to re. Is that figure. as much as you want to share on that? I don't want to push you. Just, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was really like I was uninspired by what was popular and in EDM you constantly had it chase genres sure mm-hmm. sure because this is hot right now but what's going to be hot next and like yeah. if you're not creating it then you're going to follow it yeah and you and then you're going to ride that wave until the next thing comes and then you're expected to do that yeah and it was more fun in the beginning to do that but because it was new what's yeah going on? right yeah. but at the end of it we both felt even tanner did too like we we were like not excited about where it was going and mm-hmm. like obviously this is like the height of the height of the popularity you know of edm yeah. so i i told him that i take a step back and then that's when i started building this place, this studio. Okay. And um, Aaron, again, was like, I want to open up a studio and have, you know, a label. And I was like, that's dope. He's like, I want you to work for me and do it. And I was like, I want to merge. And I said, awesome, that's amazing. I can't believe this is a thing. Like, this yeah. is like my dream, you know, as part of it. Yeah. Is having a place here. So, yeah. And then that's when I reconnected with Tom and brought Tom, you know. Or okay. I got him connected with Aaron, and then Tom now runs the label here. Nice. Um, But... Yeah, so that that's when I started producing more and, like, not playing shows, too, for the mm-hmm. first time in a long time. Like, I just wasn't playing because sure. I constantly played. And then, like, 2016 to now or, like, 17, 18 <clears throat> to now has been, like, almost never. But, um, yeah, and, like, the last couple... And then I re-fell in love with, like, certain new things and, like, new genres. And, like, I mean, I've always been the biggest fan of pop music, so I was able to, like really dive into what I wanted to do for me, you know? Because being in bands and projects, there's always other opinions. Sure. And I was like, I got to do something for me that I'm stoked about and I really want to do and Mm -hmm. make sure that it's right. And it's going to be just me this time and, you know... Like when, as far as... Very recently? Yeah, as far as, like, the creative goes. Like, creatively, like, I'm definitely going to collaborate with everybody, like, that I love to work with and, Mm -hmm. like, make you know, work with everybody on, like, this to make the songs great, but I want sure. this to be me, and I, I need to make sure it's right and it's mine. And it's, like, who I am, just to get that out, you know, and, yeah. like, re-fall in love with stuff. So, yeah, like, about two years ago, I started writing an album um, under the name Four Giants, and it's done. I'm just okay. shooting visuals for that now. All right. And then so. about a year ago... Um, I was I moved in with Colin in LA and um, he actually really helped me like find like I don't it sounds really lame to say but he helped me find my voice and like how yeah. you know where I can fit sonically and like mm-hmm. how I sound de- you know decent yeah. on recordings and stuff so 
yeah, and that's like more like the songwriter stuff. So Four Giants is my project now that I've been working on. That's like my baby that I've been working on for like two years with friends. As okay. me is producing, like I'm the producer of it, and I'm okay. featuring my friends on it as like features. Okay. And Stephen K, which is just my name, like my first and middle initial, is okay. going to be like more pop and just mm-hmm. me trying to showcase that I can write songs too, yeah. you know, and yeah. sing a little bit. But it's more or less to like, he's a writer as well, you know. Yeah. Um. So that's the main two that I'm doing for me. Okay. But at the same time, I'm still scoring films. Like, we just premiered one here in Milwaukee with Aaron okay. and, and the entire team. And um, That's a whole different scene, yeah. if you will. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's, that's probably dude, different yeah. than your new thing that you're trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah, and it's probably maybe confusing for anybody, me, even you guys. Like, how do you make money? Or, like, what do you do, you know, to make, you know, fund it yeah, or I something? I don't know how or, it like, works. Yeah, so... I, I do a lot of also, like, I do sync stuff as well. So I make, I write songs that are for, like, ads and yeah, some, jing- like, commercials. Yeah, jingles is Yes, precisely, yeah. yeah. Sure. So, like, yeah, I got hooked up with my friends in L.A. Um, they're called Music and Strategy. So they also, like, they send me opportunities, you know. Yeah. It's like, hey, Coca-Cola needs a song. It's got to be this length. And they want, like, the, here's some examples of what they like. Yeah. Give it a try. Yeah. You know, so then you go up and you compete against all the other sync writers. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then if you win, you get paid, you know. Oh, wow. So, and that's like... It's Battle of the Bands all over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. It's just it's like it all comes full circle. Yeah, bands. you're never like not going And you're always like, that guy, that company's a dick. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, so that's another way that I'm able to help keep the lights on here. Mm, yes. And um, also just eat and stuff, but... Aaron has been, like, uh, the guy who's been hiring me freelance for the last couple years mm-hmm. to, to work full-time. So whether it's films or, like, traveling with him and, like, doing audio work with Tim, who's also the other half of Four Giants, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess the best way I could describe that, it's kind of like Nine Inch Nails, where, like, there's okay. Trent Reznor and then there's Atticus Ross, and, like, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of how that project looks. Yeah. And yeah. then Stephen Cage is me writing, and then um, I also score film and do sync stuff. Okay. And I produce for other people. Sure. And then, like, yeah. And then sure. I sometimes play, which is the funnest part of the day now because yeah. I have, like, yeah, it's like I miss it now, mm-hmm. especially during COVID. What do you miss it? Playing, like, just DJing out, antics stuff? Yeah, I mean, both in bands too, especially, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I miss DJing more right now than I miss being in a band just because I had spent more time in bands and I right. could, you know, I did, yeah. the, I did the thing. Yeah. And, um, and DJing is less stressful and more of, like, a celebration, right. you know? Yeah. And uh, whereas bands, it's, like, you really got to focus and yeah. be on and mm-hmm. not suck. You can, like, I feel like there's more flop potential, I guess. Like, it's more stressful. I don't know. Yeah. Tell me. I, mean, I don't know. I, if you train wreck as a DJ, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> no. Not, not at all. Right. No, people think you suck the same and will boo yeah. you, too. Okay. And, you know, okay. or if you play a shitty set, you still feel like shit. But yeah. I think... I think it's a little bit more carefree and it's just like more of like a relaxing thing and you're just like well yeah. not relaxing it depends on the show right but uh, for, it's just like it's fun sure. I miss having fun on stage yeah. whether that's in bands or like whether yes. that's in EDM too mm-hmm. but yeah. because most of my time for this la- I mean for the last couple of years has been focused on trying to build my life back up again from mm-hmm. like you know sure going from having this one identity to having a whole new yes. identity and now it's, it's like it's like you've had several arcs right. of like yep. the band thing and then kind of and then you did the you know like you did something to its peak and then and now you're trying to start over again almost yep yeah and like who and that was another big thing too um there's a quote that I like it's like 
learn how to deal with the valleys. The peaks will handle themselves. Hmm. So, like, when you're going through all these ups and downs in life um, and in your career, you yeah. know, the, the high, like, those those crazy ups and downs, like, on those, like, crazy shows or high moments, like, those mm-hmm. are, you're not even going to think about it, but it's, like, it's about the, the valleys, like, when you're not, when you feel like you're not doing anything or, like, there's sure. not, the spotlight's not on you, nobody's watching you, what are you doing, like, yeah. you know, like, are you... Yeah. You know, you, you got to you got to handle those low points, you know, too, sure. and learn how to like weather the storm. Yeah. Until you can build yourself up to that next thing you're going to do yes. or like, you know, whatever you're going to manifest next for yourself, like you got to be able to you get through that if I can ask. Um I think I guess uh I'm blessed to have great family and friends. So a lot of the guys that I work with, they're like my brothers too still, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. Tim, um, Tim Wolf is still somebody I talk to on the daily and Johnny from all the bands, even though I'm not in a band yeah. with John anymore, mm-hmm. I talk yeah. to him probably more than anybody I talk to. Yeah. Like we talk all day, every day. And like those people okay. I call, you know, um, and my family being so supportive, even though there's been highs and lows, yeah. you know, from what they see on, um, online or whatever or they've been to my shows you know they see like these crazy moments and then they see like i'm at home and i'm making a sandwich you know like, <laughs> right. I, this regular normal yeah, life right. <laughs> and i'm gonna yep i'm gonna go to the studio alone tonight and see if like i can make something that's worth something you know yeah to people or like to me um mainly sure. but yeah i guess family and friends talking with them has got me through a lot of it um Scripture, too, because I'm a Christian dude. Um, okay. Not a Bible thumper, but that always helps me get through stuff. And um, fishing. It sounds lame, but... No, dude, fishing <laughs> is gnarly, man. I love to fish. Yeah, and that's the only other... Like, I'm a very... Like, I'm very freaking nerdy about music. Yes. But, like, the, the I'm very... Like, as much as a nerd I am about music, I'd say I'm the same about fishing. Specifically really? one fish. I did not see this coming. I think that's yeah. awesome, though. Yeah, there's one fish that's like a cult... That we've like we you know <laughs> follow for this fish. It's called musky. It's musk lunch. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and um, I, ever since I was eight years old to now, I've been like a, a big musky fisherman. So like, yeah. fishing in general though is the only thing that really gets me out of um, like thinking it like where everything disappears the same as as with music. Like you don't think about anything besides the music when you're whether you're playing mm-hmm. it or like yeah. you're in that flow state of writing. Yeah, and you're just all the right things are happening and your brain's just clicking. Yeah. Like, fishing is, like, very relaxing for me where I don't... Oh, wow. I literally... It's just, like, me and I'm in this lake and I'm fishing for this fish and I'm just dialed. I'm so mm-hmm. focused. Yeah. You know, I'm catching this one fish and trying to, you know... And also just relaxing because you're on yeah. a lake and you're just with your boys and shooting the shit yep. and whatever. It's a less complicated problem that oh, I'm man. sure you have to solve in the daily, so... Yeah. You know, just kind of... Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I think... Get out of your own world a bit. Yeah, and, like... Another thing I'd say is like also is every other, I'm like um, every other year I go to Canada to fish. I think it's, you know, like I take certain vacation time to like yeah. where like I know that I'm gonna be working my ass off this week, so I want to make sure that I'm not totally fried. So I need to make sure that I'm finding time for myself to recharge. Whether that's going to the gym, working out too has been amazing. Like, like that's another thing too. I have to do that for my yeah. mental health and just state of mind. Like if I don't, like I feel mad <laughs> you know oh yeah I like lift, i'm yeah, I lift every yeah. day yeah yeah and yeah, i'm like for me go. it's cardio you know i mean i do i lifted today but like cardio for me is like the mindset reset just 
Okay. I feel good. Like after I run or like treadmill or something. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, or the stairmaster. All my friends know me for this. Um, (laughs) I am the stairmaster. You see me at the gym. I'm on the thing for like an hour a day because while I'm on it, my brain is just resetting. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like literally resetting everything. I'm like listening to new music. I'm like yeah. Sometimes I'll just zone out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll do emails. Sometimes I'm just like it's me from that's my recharge time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that way I can show up here or wherever I need I'm needed to do the other job. You know, do my job, but. Yeah, you have that's to, another way you have to, like, to find that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like in for like the yeah, like the, the darkest times that like you know for me or like the hardest p- parts of my life, I've always yeah, I, I would just run. Like if I was feeling super anxious or whatever about yeah. my my career or mm-hmm. anything else, so like the valleys that we talked about, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to go for a 7-mile run. I'm going to run until I don't care anymore. You know, yeah. until I'm less stressed out because literally it's like so you're releasing endorphins and you're fine. You can vibe out and that clears my head. So mm-hmm. yeah. whatever that is for you, I think it's really important to do that to, to deal with like yeah. like the valleys and like mm-hmm. like I said, like those 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 parts of life that aren't as exciting. You know, sure. mm-hmm. sound advice for all of us in this yeah. uh, pandemic. I think time. yeah, I think even in this climate, like I was going nuts when gyms closed. Like, oh, me I, too. Yeah, and when they opened, I was so pumped. Yeah. Yeah, I was like depressed, I, cause I, I would just go for runs every day, mm-hmm. you know. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would I would walk and run, but like you know, I missed lifting weights, so yeah, it's yeah, having machines and like tools to you know like to work with. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I had a friend who had a basement gym, and like I could go there like a couple times a week, but I had to pay a drop in fee all the time, and I'm just like, man, I'm gonna pay more going here than I actually do my gym membership, so like I had to like not go as much, but yeah, it's totally yeah finding that thing that's like outside of you know your your passion you got to find something to recharge yeah and like just like you you know you fall in love with like music or whatever mm-hmm. you love you know you gotta like find whatever else you love to do too that's right. like the opposite that's like the zen the yin <clears throat> and the yang for for sure for like your yeah. career and like you know like your family time like whatever else you need to yeah. do to recharge and like yeah i used to be really into cycling like go out for like a 15 20 mile nice. ride nice and just like throw on some tunes and like yeah because when i used to live in the falls there's a great trail and you'd go through like merton stuff and just you'd f- kind of forget everything because you'd be in like the the wilderness and yeah. just be sw- just awesome yep it's kind of crazy that like our society is set up in such a way where we like we have to get away and just do exercise for the sake of doing exercise right like, like just go into the wilderness for the sake of being outside. honestly like that's why camping you know? is so great like you yeah. know some people are like you know i don't think i could stand sleeping or just go into the woods for a week and then like when you get there you're like man this is great like sure. I'm, I'm not having calls i'm not having emails like i can just like disconnect and yep yeah totally yeah and, like, you just got to find that time to recharge and do whatever it is, man. Like, whether it's getting outdoors and going fishing or camping or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some Also, like, new things, too. Just trying new, like, trying new things also. Mm-hmm. Going new places, you know, and just experiencing new stuff, too. Helps clear the mind and, like, gives you fresh, fresh perspective and mm-hmm. also gives you more to draw from, too. Now that, you know, for whatever job you're about to do, like, you just, it's yep. a good reset. It's got to find whatever helps you reset, though. That's what helps me, help me get through that, for sure. Right. But... Um, is there anything else that you wanted to get to? I feel like I should tell at least I'm known, for, I guess, my friends, and uh, I'm known for my my stories. So I should probably tell one rock and roll story. All right, here we go. Um, back when I was a rock, when I used to rock. No, but um, <laughs> when I was a rocker. No. Um, so I'll tell you about the the night at the rave with uh, Panic at the Disco because this is funny. Um, so 
I find out that we're supposed to play this show at the rave, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm underage, so I'm not supposed to be drinking. Okay. But I was. And uh, they, the rave actually gave us all this beer, you know? So we play the show, and, like, going back to the beginning of this all, like, I remember looking at Motion City Soundtrack on that stage at the rave hall and being like, dude, all I want to do is play that stage someday. Mm-hmm. If I can just do that, it'll be amazing. And then we got the opportunity to do it, that show with Panic and Patrick Stump. So we get the call. We practice our asses off the night before. We go to the show. We load in. And um, we play. And it's at this point, it's like the biggest crowd I've ever seen. Sure. It's mm-hmm. like the hall is sold out. And wow. it's dope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, I remember like looking at the crowd and just being like, dude, I can't even believe this is real. Like, this Was is, this, like, which level of the rave is this on? Uh, this the ballroom? Or ballroom? Hall. Okay. The hall. Okay. Um, but I played, I have played every room at the rave. Okay, that's Throughout awesome. the years, they're different things. That's funny. But, um, yeah, uh, so we play the show. It's epic. It's dope. We all feel good about it. It went so well. Literally a dream come true day. Yeah. You know, that we had no idea what was going to happen until the night before. Sure. And then we all, we, we go down to the basement. Ah, the... you go to the pool, don't you? Well, yeah, we were fucking around. <laughs> we, we That's definitely... like every story that <laughs> ever happens at the rave. I mean, we were fucking around in the pool, like signing the walls and stuff and doing what you do, you know? Yeah. And uh, then we were drinking beer and we ran out of beer. And um, I was with Tim Wolf. Okay. And uh, everybody else who's a mechanical kid, so Sean, Tom, sure. and DJ Brad, Mike, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> they're all, like, in the green room, and me and Tim go to grab more beer out of the, the, the fridge at the rave in the basement, like, um, and as I'm grabbing this beer out of the fridge, like, the security guard sees me, and he's like, hey, and I was like, oh, shit, and, like, my instinct as, like, an <laughs> 18-year-old young man is fucking run, and yep. so I'm like, okay, so I book it, I'm like, Tim, go, go, and I book it, yes. and, like, they were giving us free beer, like, I should have just been, like, well, I'm just, talent, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the first thing I'd say is, like, now I'd be like, dude, I'd play, the, here's my pass, like, yeah, my, yeah, I just want another beer, no, because your instinct is to run, so I sprint with Tim up the stairs, I blow past Tom Crillo and DJ, and I'm like, run, 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 and they're like, what, and then me and Tim him, like book it up the stairs we pulled the most like james bond-esque shit i've ever done is like we like they because now like the security's on the radio and like we're trying to make it out to like our bus yes. at the time who we got from joel yes. <laughs> and like and like we're running out and like also we hear like all these security guards coming down the stairs as we're going up trying to run oh, out so then me and tim hide behind a door with our beers and they like it was like like a closed Dude. like a half closed door and we were just like hiding behind it and they all just it's like that oh, movie yeah we're just like is he gone yeah literally they all just like <laughs> and it's like four did it work yeah so That's then me and Tim were like all right go 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 so we ran out to the to the bus and Dude. just me and Tim out there and we're like. Fuck. I was like, we gotta go back in, dude. We gotta your do heart's this right just now. pounding. Yeah, through I mean, your I just chest. not to mention, just play the biggest show of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just like, oh my god, this is crazy. So we walk back out in. Crank in real right? life. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. So we walk back in, and then we see all the security that has surrounded Tom and DJ, and they're just grilling them with questions. <laughs> like, and then I'm like, now, oh, shit. Right? And then, and like somehow the security didn't see us. Like I said, when we were behind that door, so they don't know that we took the beer. Yeah. Like, they, that guy who saw me in the basement, like, barely saw me, because I was, like, the Flash. I was, like, <laughs> I was, like I'm out, you know? Yeah. Say my first rodeo running from the cops. Um, so then I we come back in, and then, um, like, the the tour manager for Panic at the Disco is there. The It just so happened that the owner of the fucking rave came that night for the show, who's a scary dude. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, I've and, heard stories. Yeah, so I, yeah, he's a, I would say scary, intimidating to yes. me as a young man. So I'm like, oh my god! So they start grilling all of the ba- like they start like they start grilling DJ and Tom, and they ask all the band all the questions. They start like doing like they ask about our merch counts. They like just they just put us in the ringer, and then um, we're like, oh yeah, we don't even know that guy. It was some guy named Tim. <laughs> We just, he was just here tonight, and, like, we didn't, like, really... He's not in the band. He's just, like, hanging out. And then I was like, okay. It's like my band came up with that story. So I was like, Tim, you got to go, bro. Like, right. like <laughs> we just threw you under the bus. Yeah, I was like, name is Tim. Yeah, so, like, Tim finds that out, and he's One like, oh, my God. Right? Yeah, so Tim heard that, and, like, at the merch table when they were doing, like, all of our counts and, like, grilling us for the counts, and, like, Tim was like, oh, my God. And so, like, he, like, he turns around, like, ducks and bobs and weaves through find the crowd. Me, right? Yeah, Tim's gone. I, like, he's just left. So, anyways, at the end of the night, the entire, like, tour package... So Patrick Stump and everybody on Fuel By gets an email that hey this band was really disrespectful that you know they're some guy that stole a beer they stole all these beers blah 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 because I took one beer but my band had been grabbing several beers out of this fridge and they like framed it like we're like these bad guys so are you terrified by this or are you like I'm like devastated so I'm you're like, like I might be the no I was the, like, I was the guy we get blackballed or something yeah not only am I like the newest guy of this band but I thought I was gonna get kicked out like I was like dude I stole this beer and like this is gonna fuck up everything right. <laughs> they're just like nah it happens <laughs> so yeah um so I stole that beer and then like we get they send that email and uh they let the whole entire tour package know and so people would feel by and like all these other labels like Atlantic and they're getting on this email I'm like why you know but it's because I stole the beer you know and uh, I remember going to work the next day like I was like dude they're gonna kick me out like I felt like I got like my like I felt like I had like five breakups at one mm-hmm. time yeah because I felt so devastated that I, I had stolen the beer and the the contrast of right. this is the best yeah, moment of my to, life to so now this is the worst moment <laughs> and then, yeah. yeah literally the next morning I was at Applebee's yeah. serving and I was like dude I'm gonna get kicked out of this band <laughs> and yeah. like last night I was just playing the show for like yeah, all like how people. did I go from this, this to, to this. that yeah I mean that's uh yeah that's that's the one that's a, that's a, it's a classic me story that i always tell to people about like the highs and lows of it all um yeah, but i food. still have beer i never drank it you have it the that's beer is funny. 10 years it's old now artifact. that is <laughs> and i and i swore because that was after we got dropped i was like i swear that i will never drink this beer until i like i feel or like there's like an achievement the same mm-hmm. as getting signed Sure. Like this contract was, and I was like, I, unless the Universal like signs me to another deal, I'm never gonna drink that beer, and I'm not gonna drink it at not because it's fucking moldy, but I just <laughs> pour it out, sure. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, frame it. <laughs> yeah, that's one rock and roll story from me. That's really funny. But <laughs> the next day, it's a freeze frame. Yeah, that's me. I bet you're how I wonder now. I got here. Yeah, I'm in a gutter. <laughs> Jesus. No, no, but um, what's uh, I want to hear. I definitely want to hear a sleep rock and roll story. Oh, man. I don't know if we have anything on that level. Um, I'm trying to... I'm sure there's a lot of debauchery. My favorite story is Jacob Brooke. Do you know Jacob? Maybe, but I don't know him. Okay. If I saw him, maybe. He was like one of our older guitarists. My my favorite story... Wait, Jacob, was he in... I don't know. Sorry. He was with... He was in a... No? He played with... The pop punk band, yeah. Green means go. Yeah, no, I was just about to mention like, I don't know if it was that iteration of that, but he was like, with with that group of friends, Jake. 
Was it yeah. Jake the Snake? Because no. I remember one of the dudes... We called him Frank sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> it's a long story. I remember, um, like, Little Italy and Brown Sound, or, like, Brown Bear. Yeah. Like, everybody had those names, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Somebody was quoting that to me the other day. It's so funny. I, I work in the church now, so, like, no one now believes that I was in a metal band. And yeah. No one in a metal band, like, from the metal days, believes, believes now, this now that I'm in church. But, like, someone's, like, quoting to me all these nicknames, and I'm like, half of those we just made up for the web. Nobody yeah, ever actually called why. Mike Little Italy. Right. <laughs> like Roy Drinkwater. And yeah. Like, I mean, Roy, like, his name is actually water. just Drinkwater. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that does but it fit in, like, it the doesn't lineup. Look, or you call yeah. Kyle Richie? Yeah, well, everyone called Kyle Rich because right. of Kyle Church. Right. So there had to be a different... There can't it was be just, like, Kyles. Richie, like... Oh. I did... We did call him Richie. Yeah. That was more yeah. to make fun of him, but, yeah. Anyway. My favorite story is Frank... Jacob, a.k.a. Frank, we were playing in Pennsylvania, and, like, th- this was one of the few places, like, when we went out, like, we could not reduplicate what we had going on in Milwaukee anywhere. Like, we kind of were, like, hometown heroes, right? Like, people are, like, they're latching on that we're a touring band from Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and that's exciting, and, yeah. you know, like, that's kind of people's interest in sleep. So then we go to Ohio, and people are like, who that? heck are you right like (laughs) Like, nobody cares uh but pennsylvania we found this we sort of like uh grouped up with this promoter and he would always book us and he actually like went on tours (laughs) with us sometimes and he was just like a good local promoter Mm -hmm. that became really good friends with us but we play in uh edinburgh in like a legion hall type place and i remember Jacob just getting drilled in the mosh pit. Like, one of the <laughs> things we would do is, like, psych up other bands, mosh for them, yeah. mosh for us. Yeah, like, we're all kind of, like, together. And so, like, Jacob just got... I don't even remember what sort of blow that was struck upon Jacob. But he was, like, in a trance. <laughs> like in That's a, called a concussion. In an actual days. <laughs> like, like, he was chewing his gum, and I was talking to him, but he was just staring. And, like, we were just, like... Dude, like yeah. it felt like for like I'm sure it was only like 30 seconds, but it felt like five full minutes That's to like, me because we're just like, is he just gone? Like is he <laughs> is he gonna recover? He just got robbed. <laughs> yeah, we're like, just like yeah. So I just I remember I'll always remember just poor Jacob just and then like after that he's like I'm cool. Just like, like he just kind of like snapped out like of it. An like, NFL replay he went up and played it. and was fine. And I was just like. I, I thought we, like, broke Jacob for a second. That's hilarious. <laughs> He's like, got TBI. We're what done. What is going on? We're done. But that's just one story I think of. But I sh- I'd have to think. I'd have to prepare and come more. And th- I'm sure there's some other stories yeah. that I'm forgetting about. But I'm terrible with, like, questions and trying to give you guys a story. But if you wanted pure funny stories, I'd be like, oh, my God. I have oh, yeah. a novel of just nights that are... Hilarious and fun and stupid and yeah because of, I was just all because of music because yeah. because I just decided to do it sure but we're coming up on a two hour mark and I like to keep it there just with um, yeah making editing not such a challenge for yeah. you <laughs> yeah we try to keep it you know under an hour um, but hope I think we got a lot of really awesome stuff yeah I mean just Steve thanks for your time yeah um, absolutely again like this is about reconnecting with old friends. I feel like th- a lot of this is like, you know, Kyle and I didn't even know each other exceedingly well before this, but no, like, not, we know not of each other. Yeah, exactly. And like, now we actually get to collaborate again. Uh, so, like, the scene is still bringing us together, which is yeah. really cool. Yep. Um, That's dope. And, you know, 
we appreciate you just as an artist. I mean, just yeah. listening to your story, it's not even so much about achievements as how it you really are not content for anything less than putting your heart and soul into everything. Right. And, yeah, we just have a lot of respect for that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that means a lot. Just thank you again for sharing with us. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess any final words you want to leave people with? I mean, you've got your again, you've got your own platform going on, much bigger than what we're no, doing. But just anything you would want to leave us with today? No, I just appreciate you guys uh, having me on. I've been like dying to, you know, just talk about some of the stuff that we all experienced together, and like also it's it's fun to share it with you guys too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I mean. Going back to the beginning, though, I mean, the scene is, like, really responsible uh, for shaping, like, who I am now, and without it, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for Milwaukee Music and um, all of our bands and, like, playing shows together, and no matter what the genre was, just being excited and going to a show and experiencing that whole, what, everything it was, like, I would not be who I am without it. So it's, it's fun to talk about it now. Yeah. And yeah, more so like focus on what was happening in Milwaukee. Sure. Um, a little bit again. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. I'm just appreciative of, yeah, just talking with you guys. And it's cool to reconnect too because of it. And um, like we all didn't know each other really right. well back in the day, but it's like cool yeah. that, you know, we're here talking about it now. Yeah. And like trying to like, now that we're adults, we can analyze yeah. why did we like it. Yeah, exactly. Like, we have the like. Why did we do this? Why did I spend so much time sitting in a van with people? <laughs> spend all this money yeah. on gas and gear. Yes. And trying to get people. Oh to come man, to shows. and it was like the worst time for gas prices. Too. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. The gas was like four dollars. I remember. It's ridiculous. Yeah, this is short story. I remember. I actually the van that we drove was my personal vehicle, and I drove that thing not only to work and stuff. So I was paying like two hundred bucks or three hundred bucks a week in gas. It was Jeez. terrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We drove like a. I mean, we have all these different kinds of vans, but um. But you had the dark shift bus from. We did. Uh, from Joel. Dark yep. shift was Joel's band, and like okay. they had a huge black bus. So at the time, there's two metal bands that had two full size buses: them and Rictus Grin. And I was, remember Rick Grin. Yeah, and they, I don't. I don't remember that one. Yeah, that they're like a. They're like, Man, there's so many names. That's like. Yeah, but they had this giant black school bus and like oh dark shift goodness. and pimped it out. I think I do remember yep. some band having a big yep. bus. It like was that. them and Rick Grin. Those are the only two bands that had full size. Okay. Uh, yeah. Buses through our record deal, we can end this soon. But through our record deal, uh, we and knowing Joel and recording with him and Mechanical Kids, he had this bus that he isn't doing anything with anymore, and we're like, all right. We need this bus. So (laughs) it's in the budget of the label. (laughs) Like, we're going to get this bus. But, yeah, we actually, we renamed it, like, the Black Pearl. Yes. Nice. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that bus was the shit. Like, yeah. Did like, you guys put your name on the marquee like they had? Dark Shift was on the front, like where it would say like the street you're on. They had just said Dark Shift. At oh, some man, point, really... somebody went, "Now bring me that Horizon." <laughs> right. yeah. Bring me the Horizon yeah. plane. Yeah. Tom, Tom's up there, like pointing yeah. as he's riding on the roof, Teen Wolf style. Now we did a lot of. There was a lot of awesome nights in that bus, and like I think everybody in the band, like to this day, I would, be like, I would be like, what, I'm gonna come up with that money to get that thing just because yeah, it was so it dope. Yep. Yeah, Joel pimped it out, but we pimped it out pretty hard too. Like we yeah. expanded because we had more members. Sure. So me, Tom, it was in the top bunks, it was like me and then it was Tom because we were like the smaller guys in the band. Yeah. And then DJ. 
and we I called. The, it, I got shoved a lot of places because. of Yeah. This. Oh, you're small. <laughs> you can go in like yeah, a right. corner, <laughs> like where the bus arches. Like that's mm-hmm. where you're gonna go, <laughs> and like you're gonna be this close to the ceiling too. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, like that that thing was dope. Uh, I missed that thing, that's and like awesome. yeah, me and Tom and DJ we called ourselves the Mile High Club because we were at the top. <laughs> Nothing ever happened. Up there. Yes. <laughs> now, For the record, folks, no nothing happened. <laughs> not, not one cool story. Nobody wink right now. This right. is very serious. There is not a wink going on. We have video proof. Yeah. Anyway, it's been fun though. It's been absolutely yes. great. And I, I just Steve want to keep Fitzel. talking. Thank you, my dude. Yeah, yeah thanks a lot. Us. Thank you guys. It's been fun. That's I a wrap. That's all. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Dope. Sweet. I'll go get Jesse.